Vernon, Vernon, the heating and cooling specialist. The name says it all. When you focus solely on indoor comfort for 43 years, well, you get really good at it. Get your heating or cooling system tuned by a Vernon specialist today for only $69. Vernon's 60 to 90 minutes of meticulous system inspection guarantees energy savings, or the tune-up is free. Now that's a value. Go to vernonheating.com. Vernonheating.com. Hello and welcome to my podcast, Cover Monkeys. My name is Roxy and I am your host. This podcast was born out of my admiration for the working musicians around me and a love for the nuance of live music performance and long-form podcasts. I wanted it to be a forum to take inspiration from your local heroes, to create a community in our industry, and to see how working musicians around me have made a living. I also just really wanted three-hour conversations with musicians I really thought were awesome. <laughs> On a selfish note, we talk about business, practice, mental health, being self-employed, and a wine and beer if we want it. So I look forward to you joining me and my guests for a good old chinwag. So it's episode two of Covers Monkeys. I was in South Africa at the time, so I didn't have my setup, so forgive any sound issues. But um, I was home, so I got my dad on the podcast. Now, dad's been part of this duo called Avid and Crab for over 40 years. <coughs> um, he's originally British and moved to South Africa as a chef. And then managed to make a career out of music in sunny South Africa. So he goes through the whole story of the origins of Abed and Crab. Um, we didn't get to have a back and forth discussion, unfortunately. But Dad has been an absolute source of inspiration musically for me and has some really cool opinions and experiences. So it may be more interesting to you if you were watching Abed and Crab in those days. But just to hear the story of a muso who's made a living out of music and raised me and my sister really well on a career of music so hopefully you'll enjoy i'll definitely have dad back so we can have more conversations about the industry and how it's changed and stuff it's a shame we didn't get to catch the conversation we had in the car to the airport hope it doesn't come across too rushed because we were a little bit on a time schedule but enjoy i got my first guitar for i think it was one pound from my friend or two pounds with a book which had a few songs in it not many uh, I remember what the first two were. Uh, My Bonnie Lies Over the Ocean and Hang Down Your Head, Tom Dooley. Uh, in retrospect, that wasn't a good idea because I remember when I when I <laughs> when I played them, uh, there were two chords, both songs, but Bonnie actually has three or four. Oh, so it was wrong. So it was wrong. So it was just a lie. Yes, uh, it was what? a lie. And uh, well, I remember learning My Bonnie Lies Over the Ocean was was. To learn a sixth, my part. That's a sixth. Yeah. Beautiful. That's all. That's all I need. Mm. That song. It's. Well, they had two chords, and they were, as I say, C and C and C and G. I think. That's exciting. Those are good chords. Don't you start with those chords? Yes. Um, yes, you do. Start or start with, with A, A and E. I think. Well, I, you would do. You would have. You told me wild thing. I think that was the first wild thing. Dinner, dinner. You make my heart. What key? What key was it in? What G? That would have been G, C, and E, a D rather. It was one four five. So yeah, that's right. G, G, C, and but that would have been a B, and the B would have required a bar, and you wouldn't have done that straight away. No, I think you taught it to me. Did I? Except that it's not, because that's in that's a wild thing is in A when I do it, so it would have been A, D, and E. Oh, maybe that was the one. That makes sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, you taught me that. So my bunny lies over the ocean, and then and, and hang down your head, Tom Dooley, which uh, you know. But then, on page three, Oof. was the big one. It was Dandelion, da, 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 House of the Rising Sun. But after a while, I mastered it and thought, now I can play a guitar. What a stupid git I was! I, <laughs> how little I knew that happened. How little I knew happened endless times over my career well i think that's how you improve i think if you think you know too much then yeah but i thought i knew <laughs> and then still thought i knew so still i'd arrived <laughs> and then you go something something knocks you down <clears throat> or in my case i just ignored it and then um what happened after that well so then i got those uh, and i've got those few songs down and I went to lessons with Flicky Lawrence who's still teaching guitar in England I think um I met her last time I was there after was a long time exciting. I think you did too um had a few lessons then was at high school then of course the electric guitar came along I bought my first electric guitar Broadway, um which was really shocking god as I recall I had flat wound strings for those of you who don't know what that is, there's uh, two kinds of strings. Jazz players use flat wound. Most rockers are all round, round wound. And Sam has some flat wound strings on his bass. And bass they sound alright. Yeah, they bass, really it's a, bass it's a different story because there is a distinct difference in in sound and feel. And and, and still to this day, I think some people use use flats on uh, not many people. The jazz players use. Right. I don't actually see flat wound strings very often. Anyway, so I had that, and then. Uh, I bought a microphone, which I swapped for the guitar, and my parents were cross, so they made me take the microphone back because I spent some money on it. And wait, why did you wait? You swapped the mic. What? I swapped my guitar, and I they gave me five pounds, and I bought a microphone, which was actually a very good one as I look back. And my parents, mum and dad were cross, so I had to take it back, but the guy wouldn't take it back properly. But I got my five pounds back, but not the guitar because I traded the five pounds and the guitar for the. Anyway. Oh. I, I, yeah, no, it's, it's What a bastard. Langley Guitar Centre. Right. Anyway, so enough said, so I ended up with just my five pounds back. And uh, that was early days. But uh, subsequently, I got another guitar, Shaftesbury Les Paul copy, which I loved. Mm. Um, no, I had a Hofner first. Got a Hofner first. Everybody had to have a Hofner. Oh, was that the thing? No, you, had that, no, you just had to have a Hofner. It was a beginner's guitar, but they weren't bad. Right. They looked a bit like a strap, but they weren't. So I had a, a, a Hofner, and that was okay. So I started to play with that. Then I got a Shaftesbury Les Paul. Were you playing in any bands at these points? No. Okay. I mean, a, a couple of attempts at trying it at school, the usual thing. And I think at this point, what I had done is I backed mum on the stage um, uh, at, the, at the Right, so Christmas. for those of you who don't know, my, my gran um, is mum. Is, um, is she's such a beautiful, beautiful singer. And she, she, we, we did time and I did the summertime backing on the guitar and to take my guitar and put this, my, put the amp side stage and play. And there's pictures. Yeah. Uh, there's pictures on which are pretty oh, cool. Oh, times. Um, let me yeah. ask you, my, your, your, your grandma'll uh, get them out. She's gone. Or I've got, I probably got them somewhere. Yeah. So that was, so then that, that was my first experience of playing on. A stage, I suppose. Then I, 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 I did get into a band eventually. By this time, I was, 
I'd got hit by the blues. Um, this was about 13, 14. Along came John Mayle and uh, Blues from Laurel Canyon was the first album I got. The Monkees were also in there as well, by the way. They were huh. they were America's answer to the Beatles. Um, and for some reason, I had a Monkees album. But uh, I got uh, Blues from Laurel Canyon and I don't know what it was, but the guitar playing got me. Right. And it became silly. It got silly. It became incessant. I couldn't put the damn thing down. I couldn't stop playing. Um, had to get. I started started off by trying to figure out how to plug my guitar into the into the gramophone. Oh. Gramophone. Yes. There's a Monty Python sketch about that because they were old at this time as well of course but i tried to plug and i didn't get it right but eventually did get a guitar my first guitar amp was a a selma i think a selma 30 watt which was pretty cool which was loud enough no not loud enough they were never loud enough they don't go to 11. no and so i i but but i i i had the, the guitars and and then I think at that point I, I ended up finding this band. We, we ended up calling ourselves, I don't know, Madrigal was it? No, that was that was it was me, Paul Jeffries, and a, and a drummer called Andrew. And so I've still got the I've still got the recordings. Um, Amazing. I'll put them in the show notes. Yeah, I don't and, know how. To and they're they're interesting because I actually look back and go, that actually isn't bad. It's not shocking. It's you know you can kind of go okay. Um, what is missing is vocals. Was it instrumental? Well, it was mostly me doing the songs without singing the songs. I think. Oh right. So were you doing covers? But they, oh yeah, there were covers. Mostly uh, we did occasionally try and write stuff. Um, and then the three of us, or I think the bassist and drummer, found a guy called Mike Lewis, Richard Lewis. Can never remember his name. His piano player, and then. We, he used to live in Rickmansworth and I used to drive out there and this we'd rehearse and he wrote stuff. He was good. He's right. apparently worked with uh, Ian Anderson um, oh. since then of Jethro Tull. I, I don't know. I don't know. I never I only found this from Paul Jeffries, who I found on the net way after, you know, on in the, the last on the on the interwebs on the interwebs. Um, yeah. Did after... you not Facebook stalk them all? No, I didn't. Uh, I mean, Paul and Paul still uh, lives somewhere up north in England. Um, right. Did you down together? What age were you? This, and, this must have been 16, 17. Right. And this was at the point where I was really getting. And then then Ze Zeppelin one turned up. By the way, Zeppelin were you singing one. at this point? When did you no. start singing? Singing didn't come till much later, till I turned pro, actually. Right. Okay. So you weren't singing. So you jamming along with this band. Well, I know, but I was writing by myself. Also, I still have all those. I got at this point. I'd got a Tanberg um, reel-to-reel tape right. recorder, which had a thing called Sound on Sound, which went because it was only a stereo tape. But what you could do is record on one side mm -hmm. of the stereo, play it back, play along with it, and record that onto the other side. Ah, I see. This is high tech, mate. So. I've got I've I've just got a an old Tenberg I just bought it or got given a Tenberg two 
reel to reel in there. Oh, really? Yeah, which I just just for fun. Somebody had it lying around. I said I'll have it. I'm, I'm not going to put it on the wall. Oh, amazing. That's, so wait, so you you basically it means you can. I don't understand how this works. Right, so you've got two I just, sides I to just a, have a. I buy a box and it doesn't. No, 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 no. We're no, nowhere near that. You've got, you've yeah. only got two channels right. on a tape recorder, right? Right. That's all you've got. Two channels. Okay. That's it. That's your lot. So you record onto one of the channels. Yes. You then play that channel back. And record it. And play along with it, and record. Yes. The so track you're playing back. you got two tracks. Well, you could, no, you could, because you could then play the one back, play along with it, record that onto the second track. Yes. So now you've got two tracks on, you've now got two tracks mixed together. You can't change anything, but they, they're mixed. So you've got two parts, say a vocal and a guitar. Yeah. And then you can do the same going back the other way, recording that. You lose, you lose quality every time you do right. it. So you're overdubbing, basically. Right. You're overdubbing. Um, and, right. and but you could do. I did some stuff in those days, and and I have those recordings still. Um, and this was at the age of about 17, 18. Um, then, uh, then I at, at some point, at this point, I wasn't doing very well at school. I read had to retake my A levels. I was school. I didn't understand. I couldn't didn't get it. Didn't get it. Didn't understand why I was there. Didn't make any sense to me. Um, but you were you weren't one of the cool kids, though. I mean, I've always you've always struggled I to just I always thought I was a was dork, but I've since found out that everybody thought, oh yeah, he's going to be in music. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I got a, 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 a one guy, Mark, who was in my class, the class below me, but because I yeah. did redid a year um, in sixth form. Um, matric to South Africans. Ah, I don't know what it is to everybody else. Um, because I redid it, he was now in the same class, and and we sort of became. And he always said, "No, oh, you'll be in music," but I didn't think of that, you know, because in England you don't, you know, middle class family, um, normal middle class, you don't become a musician. It's just not done. Right. Which I. Well, now, did you were you aware of a cover scene back then? Was there a I mean, because of course they talk about, sort of, no, you know, that's where I didn't Rolling Stones started out as playing covers. No, but I like, had no did idea. You, did you go out to pubs? Yeah, and I saw lots of bands. Were there local bands? Were playing there? covers, yeah, but it didn't occur to me. Right, okay. I so would was, just go and see it. It was a thing that people earned money from. I yeah, but I didn't look at it that way. I just drooled every time I saw a Les Paul or somebody playing a SG. I just drool. Right. Okay. And a drummer, and a, I just wanted to. All I ever, I kept saying, I must have driven Henry. Who we'll get to later, round the bloody twist. Because yeah. all I all I ever said to him was, I just want to play. I just want to play. Yeah. It was incessant. Um, okay, so you so were anyway, very, you I'm, were I'm at 18 and I'm in this band with the piano player and and we're recording some stuff. Anyway, at one some point or other, I'm sort of having to think. I've left school, not done that well, got one A level. I have to think about what I'm going to do. I go for a job in catering. And then they say, ah, oh, but you work all the hours that God give you, basically. You you know, catering is, as you know. Yeah. Full-time Anyway, so I go to this rehearsal, another rehearsal with a band, and they say, oh, look, we're going to go three-piece. So I got thrown out. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Was with Henry. Is, no, 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 no. That's, that's, no, no not with Henry. 
No, we're talking about the Rickmans. Oh, West in Band. England. Okay. In England. Right. No, never was in. Um, the Rickmansworth Band. And uh, so I then go back and think, oh, well, I might as well go for this catering thing, at which point I start my career in catering. And music at this point takes a bit of a back seat. So you're still practicing loads at home. Oh, yeah, I'm still playing. But I don't have as much time. Right. And I, I must confess, the um, the people aspect of catering is still an aspect which I kind of go, entertainment, catering, same damn thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to pause on that because you've always said it's like, um, you've always said they're incredibly interlinked. I believe so. I believe they're the same. I mean, you know, just for instance, Nick, last night, did you watch him? Yeah. Every table. Yeah. Sorry, uh, we went to dinner last night at one of the uh, places that he plays uh, called Tipler's Pub. Coachman's Inn, very nice food, very posh, very posh. And yeah, no, and he's he's the owner and he goes around and he's, it's very hosting and looking after and and he enjoyed, and he left, and, and, and it, I, I learned that from, from catering, that the whole. It's an experience. It, I was calling it bullshit. Let's call it bullshit. But it, it isn't because, but, you know, when people come in, treat them like they're special. Yeah. You know, even if you're the waiter, treat them like they're special because then they're going to come back. And it's, it's as simple as, I mean, and, and that, so that was my life then. And, and I, I did that for about, oh, I don't know three four years so do you think that helped you with when you stepped into music it did but in a different way it did because i then was because we were playing in hotels so much when i eventually got on music it became you know i understood the business that side right and i i think i've definitely found that helpful having done even just waitressing in the uk like when i go to because i mean my thesis was on how to um best utilize uh, entertainment to increase food and beverage sales not that I, I know if I learned that much from it but just ask people but like just even just being aware of what you're there to do I mean you're there to entertain people so that they buy more it's kind of a complicated thing because you learn that we care about the people but like just understanding the people you work with I think is super valuable that you work with or for with slash for I mean you work for the venue and they just want prop but also understanding that hey, okay, like, you know, these are the troubles that these people, the waiters, the staff, the managers that they're going through, how can I best help them to get what they want as well? Yeah. I think, so maybe that was useful. So you understand the people you're dealing with on a work basis. Yeah, I kind of think that whole, uh, the whole, um, the whole thing about, uh, I'm, I'm never quite sure how the, what has to be said is that the catering thing had one major and in fact the important fact yeah it made me come to south africa now but catering didn't make you come to south africa yeah. well it did, because, did. yeah but grand, my, my mum and dad came here and of course they happened to get to know somebody in a five-star hotel ah, the Bullocks. Okay. and they said well do you think you could do that and of course then at that point they were trying to get anybody they could Staff, you know, I mean, if in England, if I wanted to, because I was just working in catering in a steak bar, um, which is fairly lowly. Uh, and, you know, people that worked in the big hotels and they, you know, had five star hotels all had, you had to have qualifications up here, which I had none of. 
Yeah. Except that in South Africa, I could walk into a five-star hotel and did, and in fact did. Yeah. Do you, I, I mean, I know it's horrible to say that. Do you think that was the largely due to party? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I, I, I'm yeah. going to. And, and I mean, it's lucky. It's I, horrifying I mean, you can't, that you can't. that is true. Yeah. But but it is true. It, well, it's just a fact. I mean, we all come from white privilege. It's a fun. And thing and and, and, and I and. But and I mean, course, it's still it, it, it's great. So you walked in, and also the, there's less rules here. Yeah. There there is a case of like you can kind of get away with certain things, and you can cover for people. You know, if it was a teaching or a something job, you can cover for people here within England. There's just no chance unless you not only do you have the DBS check, but you need to have the specific school's DBS check. Also, it doesn't matter. And it's yeah. so I think all of that stuff it's is kind of washed up. over. So you could just walk into, oh, you know how to do the thing. Cool. Do the thing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was so. So uh, uh, so I came to South Africa in 76. My mum and dad brought me over here. I'll never forget the first time we landed and driving from the airport to Johannesburg. It was April, as I recall. All I could see was the Golden City. I wrote a song called Don't Be Late, in which I mentioned the Golden right. City, which of course it is. But you just see in the distance Johannesburg and it was just lit up. It was beautiful. And yeah. I just I, I almost fell in love with it there and yeah. then. Um, Which is funny because a lot of people feel that way about Cape Town, but not so much about Joburg. Well, that happened later. I mean, that kind of came later. Yeah. But Joburg got me. And I came here and then loved being here. One of the first things that was interesting was the out. Was It was, I don't know, seven, six, seven o'clock. There was no TV. Yeah. Which was because they had just got here and, you know, it was crap. It was non-existent and it was awful enough. It was Afrikaans anyway, so I have no clue. Yeah. So a TV didn't happen. Right. But socialising did because that was all there was to do. And well, do you I think came... you? So do you think you socialised more because there was less TV? Well, you you just you know you'd sit outside, have drinks. The food was fabulous. Always has been in this country. And of course, you yeah. you suddenly realise how you know the the, the meat. Well, oh. I remember going to this one restaurant. All I ever had was a T-bone steak, and he made this salad dressing with salad. And I just, just salad, and it was great. More, 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 more. It was fantastic. Yeah. And I just fell in love with the whole, um, I fell in love with Africa quite quickly. Yeah. So when the offer came, they said oh, they can get us in to a, uh, I, I took it. Yeah. And came to work in South Africa. Now, did you have a guitar with you at this stage? Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, I always had my guitar. My guitar and my tape deck, my tape deck and my records were always with me. I didn't get as much chance because of catering to do them. But so. Um, so in 76, I move. And you're what to, age at this stage? I'm 23. Okay. October the 16th, it was. I moved to South Africa. And uh, I get, I pack all my stuff in a big box, big container, and it comes through. And eventually, I get it. I'm staying at home for a while. Then my job, I get a a, a flat at the edge of, uh, at the end of uh, Jubair Park, as it was then, a place called Century Plaza. Had the flat. 
Eh? Where is that? In the centre of town. Because oh. so. I worked at the Landros Hotel. I got a job at the Landros Hotel, which is was the hotel in South Africa, or one of the. It was the five-star Southern Sun Landros Hotel, and I was working in the coffee shop. Um, and during that, the two years that I was doing that, I, I'd worked in Annabelle's, which was where they had the band and the shows. Yeah. I managed to talk myself onto guitar once or twice in with the band. So Annabelle's, was that in the hotel? That was in the hotel. It was the dance. Okay. Now, what kind of bands did they have there? Cover bands. Right. In fact, they, they lean, I'll never forget them. They were called Les Normand. They played there every night. Uh, and they were the resident band. So did they stay in the hotel or were they? No, no. Okay. No, they lived outside. But they, they were the resident band. And Sol Kersner, who was the owner of um, Southern Sons, right. famously so, one, I loved them because they played at his wedding. To Anneline right. Creel, who was Miss World, you may remember. Oh. You may not. Anyway, uh, no, you wouldn't know. You weren't alive. Uh, no, I don't remember. No, but, uh, was but not she was, he was married to Miss World, right, uh, who was Annalene Creel, who was uh, South Africa's only Miss World, I think. And uh, but it, it, Lehman played, and I, you know, but all the time there were, you know, very so often there were guitar players that would come in to supplement the bands. One called called Jim Walsh, who was really good. Jim played, Walsh. Uh, Walsh. His name was Walsh, not Joe Walsh, uh, just oh, A. Jim. Walsh. I can't yeah. remember what his name, but it was, I think it was Walsh. And and he uh, he played at Black Les Paul and he, he was a session guy. Yeah. And I remember drawing at this. Right. So they had session guys, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, they were great That's users. I remember going to watch um, a, a guy called Mally Watson and uh, at the branch office and they I used to go and see them and because I was still, music wouldn't go away. Um, and they they always used to play Josie by Steely Dan. I loved it. Mally would play it, and they'd do the solo perfectly. And I worship, worship, worship. When I first got here in October 16th, I pretty quickly put adverts out there, and I did. In so fact, did you feel the difference between the music scene in the UK and the music scene here? Yes, we'll get to that. Um, to Even be quite honest, I thought all the musicians were a hell of a lot better. Yeah. Yes. Right. There seemed to be this gulf. And when I went back later, much later on, when I was a professional already, yeah. I kept thinking to myself, they're either Phil Collins and Genesis and unbelievable, or they're crap. And there seemed to be nobody in the middle. Right. That yeah. was what I thought at the time. Yeah. And that, that I've got a feeling that was just not just not true. But right. it did seem true. Because I didn't see, yeah. I, I saw, came back and watched a lot of bands and they were all crap. Yeah. They were all really crap. Yeah. Um, but maybe. But I think I, someone said something someone said to me is like when you've got somewhere like London, um, where everybody goes to make it, what you've got is you've got some of the absolute top cats, like yeah. saturated. Of course you do. But you also end up with a saturation of all the dickheads who are going, oh, I want to be famous. I can sing mum says. And so, <laughs> so, you're, so 
So you just end up with that's a very funny, and it's perfect as well. God, I've come across that a few times. But 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 yeah, that, that's a time end up to with, get to all so, that. But they all come to London, yeah. or you uh, know, yeah. uh, So I think what you end up is yes, you can see a lot of shit, but and also I think there's a certain extent to which a lot of the best guys in England do make it, or at least they're playing better paying gigs sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, okay, so you... Um... So um, when I first got here, I did yeah. put some adverts out, and I ended up with one guy, and I, we wrote a couple of songs together, um, and the bass player... Were you singing at this stage? No, still not, still not, really, okay. not really. Um, this was a, guy, a Scottish guy, and he, we did some songs, I can't remember them. The only notable thing about that was that we had a bass player who became very famous with a band called Tribe After Tribe um, in this country. Um, oh, forgotten his name. Bass player, blonde. Come to me later on. Doesn't right. matter. Anyway, he was he was the bass player. Anyway, that at some point or other, I was doing this, and I got the. I can research that quick. What is it? Tribe after tribe. Yeah, just go tribe after tribe, bass player. Fuzzy Marcus. Okay, well, I will just go anywhere and just see if it does come if I've got it right, if, if I've got the right band. It says Fuzzy Marcus. That's the one, Fuzzy Marcus. Fuzzy Marcus and Robbie Robson's. Yeah, uh, well, uh, Robbie Rob, uh, he was, uh, and, uh, he was, uh, anyway. So, um, he was the bass player. Just, just that's just a side because nothing ever happened with that. And then I got offered, I, you know, being in the Landrost, I was always, um, always never had time but I was always trying to fit things. I remember going to watch a band you know when I was I can't remember which department I was in but you know you'd have breaks you do a morning session then a night session right, and there was yeah. a break in the middle so I'd go to a place called Syros and see and do the some bands had to do cocktail sessions you've probably come across this uh, when you do a cocktail session five to six or something Right, yeah, it's more lobby kind of bands and more. Um, well, this wasn't. This was an actual yeah. show band, you know, and and the one I saw was circus. I think, and I think they happen a lot on ships. Um, yeah. Just in the hotels, not as much. There's a brunch or. A this wasn't a hotel. This was a club, specific club. Right. Okay, and a cocktail session. And they had yeah. a cocktail session. Oh, nice. Yeah, a lot of jazz guys do that. Just yeah. less common. Well, this the, this wasn't yeah. jazz. This is a rock band called Circus. Important because they had a. They were great. Oh, I loved them. They yeah. had an album, which I still have, really? which I bought. Um, a guy called Sandy Robbie, who I know pretty well. Bella, who you've heard me mention, was the singer. Um, Gary Fonsale, who's the, now the runs repairs at, at, at EV. Oh, really? Yes. He was the one who told me where to get the... Where to get the, the part. Right? Uh, a drummer that. called... Uh, uh, with a gammy leg, who Jade knows his daughter. Jade knows his daughters. Oh God, Jade's my sister, by the way. And uh, and they were fabulous. And a, a keyboard player called Bronx Britannia. Oh wait, wait, wait. Was that Cornelius Cullis? Is it Cullis? Or oh, no? Wally Cullis. Yes. Wally that's Cullis. Right. Okay. Yeah, Wally. No, I remember because that's. That's Wally Cullis. Yeah. Well, that was. So was he in circus? He was in circus. Oh. And they were. They used to do this, and that was that was kind of drool stuff i used to go and drool and at this point i was going i want to play i want to play and, and i got the um and i at somewhere around this point somewhere around this point um i met a lady 
call it a leader who was in the um, who was in the uh, lived in Century Plaza. Yeah, I think my playing because I played, um, I had my hundred of Marshall by this time on my take back, and people heard. You know, they got somebody playing, yeah. and she uh, she uh, sort of I spent time with her. Never a relationship as such, but uh, did we used to go out? What, and, was she, what did she do? I can't remember. <laughs> oh God, I don't know. It wasn't another stripper, was it? No, 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 no. We haven't got anywhere. We know we're near the strippers yet. <laughs> we'll get to the strippers. God. There we go. It's exciting to keep you. <laughs> yes. Um, no God, this, this okay. story is so long. So you saw late. Been... So a leader then says, "I know a drummer. He's in a band. His name was Sowen. Sowen Cats." who's now in Haifa, by the way, where we've just been, Israel. And, but Selwyn um, came round and he was interested in, you know, what I could do. And he said, well, come out and jam one day with us. And this was um, interesting to me. Come out and jam. Cairngorm Holiday Resort. Now, this journey is one of... I always think there's a turning point in your life somewhere. So he says, okay, you take that road out of Joburg and you take the Springs Park Fountain turn off. Now, I haven't been here that long. I can't remember at what point this is. I think it might have been, I've been here about six, eight, nine months. Um, and I cannot remember precisely, but I do remember driving. Now, I'm, I'm from England. It's a little place, tiny little place. You drive to the next town, it's about a tiny hackney away. Yes. It's it's like it's about a mile. Um this country is pretty damn big. So I'm driving and I go past the airport. Jesus. Where am I going here? Anyway, so then you know the next town. I, I now know all of this, but at the time I didn't. Then there's Atlas Road, then there's Benoni. I'm not maps. Yeah. I'm a map. They didn't tell you how long it was going to take. No. <laughs> so you're just like. And I'm driving, going, God, this is forever. And I get past a thing called Snake Road, and this now, now I'm looking at Snake Road, and I now it's no, it's called Snake Road. I don't know what it, it might probably called that at the time as well. Yeah. And I'm thinking, no, I've gone. There's something wrong here. If I'm, if it's not the next one, I'm turning back. I'm. It was the next one. Right. Okay. And I then, and I've always thought if I'd have, I was gonna go off at Snake Road because I'd already been driving forever. Yeah. And and I didn't. And I stayed on the road and went back and then, and then see the, and then so then it's I got. It's funny the how you think that, like you know, just the smallest things for me, of course, I've never like going out with the like, like the smallest thing or moment that if that hadn't happened, how different your life could look. Yes. Well, this was. But I mean, but there's two of those. I mean, there's three of those. We already said number one was a leader. Number two was uh, was meeting was yeah. her knowing Selwyn, you know. But this yeah. one was. Be and uh, I turned up. I finally got to the place armed with um, my black Hoya Les Paul, which I'd bought while I was in Wimbledon, I think, working at the Wimbledon Bernie Inn, which was the company I worked, the catering company I worked for. We yeah. kind of fluffed over that a bit. Anyway. So. I turn up there now. I, I 
I have to tell you what I was wearing. Now, it may not mean anything to anybody else in the country, but I had a a, a, a purple paisley shirt on, oh, a light blue safari suit made of crimply. Danger to baby crimples. What? What is what is a safari suit? A safari suit. Ask Henry. Is that a dungaree? <laughs> no, they're not. It's a South African thing. It's a South African. I don't African. even know what a safari. It's trousers and a jacket, but the jacket is. It's a specific style, very African Afrikaans okay. actually. And I'm you oh, mean I'm blue. Khakis. Huh? You mean like khakis? Yeah, except they were light blue. Okay, right. But that you know, long pants, not short pants. Okay. And uh, blue suede shoes. So blue suede yeah, yeah, yeah. shoes, light blue safari suit, paisley, mauve. Purple paisley. Purple paisley shirt. Beautiful. And no hat. Oh, the Remember. hat. Yeah. Didn't have a hat. Those, yeah. Henry sees me. Now, Henry is and always has been. Sorry, another question since you're describing how you look. Had you, did you have the long curly hair with the bald patch? No, 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 no. I was working in a hotel. I had to short hair. You had short hair. Okay. And no bald patch. No bald patch. Okay. No, full head of hair. So Henry must have looked at me and thought, what on earth is it? But because he is and always has been the nicest of men and is a, the essentially nice guy, he didn't show it. Oh, and what's sorry, more, you look, like a look, I look like a dickhead. And I, 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 I'd love to hear him do this discussion and then say, my God, I'd love to hear it. Oh, he'd it be would be hilarious. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. But anyway, so um, because he's also a nice guy, we don't have a second guitar amp, but he allows me to plug into his Marshall. Oh, so we're both plugged into the Marshall. And we play. And this the band is with Peter, his cousin, who for a short while joined Abbott and Crab. Right. The drummer, Selwyn, and a keyboard player called Leonard Van Vake, who I think has passed away now. Yeah. But uh, and at this point, we're, we're, you know, the, the, the band, which is called Eternal Now, is essentially on its last legs. Right. So anyway, but I play. And at one point, oh, there's a guy called Steve Ashton. Who was part of a band called the Staccatos singing? Now we're singing in this. This is Cairngorm Holiday Resort. It's a caravan park. And there's about. I didn't know they play caravan parks here too. Yes. And, and there's there's about. That's the thing I haven't done in England. There's about yet. thirty people in the audience with no teeth. And <laughs> and but it's he does cry to me. And at one point he does Strangers in the Night by Frank Sinatra. And Hen. No, nothing. Hasn't a clue. But I sort of wing it and play some fancy chords because I know one or two major, major, major sevenths and, oh, very good. and ninth chords because of the blues. So I can sort of make an average sort of stab at, at, at strangers. And, I, and I've always had a pretty good ear so I, I, I can get the key Yeah. because my ear is pretty good. I'm able to pick stuff up. Well, I mean, I think he, I think ears were better those days because you don't have cold charts immediately. Like you had to listen to the song over and over again. Yeah. Well, I still and I still do it. I still yeah. don't use cold charts because I now I can do it quicker than they can do downloading it. I can do it quicker. Yeah, most people can. 
But anyway, so so I play and Hens sort of he go. I I could see his hair. In retrospect, I could see his head going. This guy can play, right? Which I could, you know. And even then, I knew I could play. I I knew I I could solo well. Uh, you know, I'd 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 learned John Mayle, Peter Green, Mick Taylor, Eric Clapton. Those three guys, their solos on all the John Mayle albums, I virtually knew off by heart. Right. And could play nearly every single one of them because it was incessant because I just used to play. Used to when I'd been still in England, I was in the people used to come off the train, they could hear me playing. Right. It was horrifying. I mean my parents nearly had a cadenza. I'd wander around just playing imaginary guitars all the time and it was incessant. I I have probably You still you still move your fingers all yeah, the time. All the time. And I, I, I probably brushed over that pit of my life a bit too much because it, it was incessant. Yeah. It was it was horrifyingly incessant, you know, twenty almost twenty four hours a day. Yeah. Did you ever get RSI problems or like sore wrist or? For the first, when I first got electric guitars and had metal strings after having nylon ones, I got blisters and things on the tops of my feet. Oh, I've got blisters on my fingers. Where does that come from? Helter Skelter. Ah. John Lennon says it. Of the double my film, right. and I got blisters on fingers, and they went never a problem since. So you never had any wrist issues? No, never, 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 never. Any times when you broke a finger? Only times when I broke a finger, which just by the way, people, great mm-hmm. idea, break your index finger, because then if you want to carry on playing, you've got to learn how to do it with the other three, which means you've got to learn how to bar with your middle finger. And then play double notes with your little finger. It's it's a hell of a discipline. And if you've got to make a living, it's you suddenly come out of that and suddenly realise, my God, I can use these fingers now. Yeah, Very they excellent. work. They, they work. They do stuff that they couldn't do before. Yeah, it's interesting that you were practicing so much, but never never struggled with it. No, never. That, never that, ever that's struggled. Quite a bit more Not at all. Nowadays. And so, I, so <clears throat> anyway, so back to South Africa. So uh, we're back on stage at the Cairngorm where we just come off and Henry and I, and, you know, we're starting to talk, we talk and yeah. kind of strike up what becomes a, a, lo- a lifelong friendship, actually. Um, and I'm just going, I'm just repeating over, I just want to play, just want to play, man. Anyway, so at this point, um, we, we uh, I get invited and we play another I do another gig with a band and and I think this time I brought my amp along so we played as two guitar players yeah. at the uh, at the Portuguese hall somewhere um how little I knew would have been interestingly exemplified by that because but this point I'm playing and we're, we're playing well yeah. together but you know we're playing and we're probably playing all the wrong stuff for the audience right but we're having a whale of a time so was it was it full band? It was full band, yeah. This was the same Had Eternal Now. Eternal Now. Had you rehearsed with it? No, no. Anyway, so at this point, uh, we decide Henry and I decide um, we're going to uh, we'll try a free piece with the drummer, just me, the guitar player, me, the drummer, and Henry. So we 
Why did you kick out the bass player? What? Why did you? Um, we didn't kick him out. It was Peter. He had a job and didn't have time. Oh, right. Okay. So you know, it was all, uh, it was all, uh, yeah. just, it was, it, there was no really kicking out. It was just, I mean, because the keyboard player was running the band, really, and Hen didn't like the way it was done, and blah, 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 right, blah. Okay. And we wanted to do what we, so we start rehearsing in Henry's, in Henry's garage, the three of us. And I'm mostly playing bass because I've got an old Columbus EB3 copy bass. And so I'm, and I'm, you know, I'm always have been a better muso than Hen. So I could do the bass and he wasn't ooh, a bad, ooh, ooh. no, Hen, Hen will, Hen will openly admit it, but he could, but then, on the other hand, he knew all the songs and could sing. Right, so he was singing and you still were. He was at singing. This stage. I well, at this point, I think I started. Okay, you kind so of you started. started when you were singing. And uh, so we go. Did you find a big confidence barrier? Did you? Do you remember? Well, we're only playing, we're only rehearsing at this point. Do you remember being shy vocally when you first started? Sort of never occurred to me. I couldn't. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't think. Because I'd, I'd just be interested. I was so guitar centric. It was skewed. The, the important part of all the songs was the guitar solo. Yes. I mean, stuff the I vocal. What? Who cares about the vocal? The guitar solo is the important bit. Little did I know how stupid that was. But um, no, it's not necessarily. Stupid. No, it is stupid. Of course, it's stupid. <laughs> of course, it's utterly brainless. But right. uh, so at this point, um, we've got the three piece. And we're thinking of doing that. And anyway, to cut a longer story, keep it long. Um, yes. To cut a long story long. Because it's a long story long. At this point, I, I'm offered the job of banqueting manager at the Landrost. Because I've now been working in various places, um, various departments, and I'm offered the job of banqueting manager. This is a serious, big offer, which I take. And at this point, um, I have to say to the band, look, I can't I can't do both because it's just too much, right. which is hard. It hurts me. And I, I, I but I do it because I think, you know, gotta, you know once again, I'm into the music must be a must real life, must real life. Yes. So. I take that job and to be quite honest, it's way more than I can handle, but I'm still taking it you're coping with it but uh, but it's not good and eventually is it is it that you weren't doing a good job or that you weren't enjoying it both yeah don't think i was up to it it's too much it's too much it really is it's i'm i'm, I'm at a level you're talking about a banqueting manager of a five star for good grief this is serious shit yeah i'm working with somebody who's doing it and, and i just know right. anyway so after about two three months i eventually um this is more catering talk. I go to. We have a, a a head chef called Bill Gallagher, who is the most wonderful man. Was the most wonderful man. He's passed away. Who had the most awful thing happen to him? He was shot, and he became a quadriplegic. He was shot in his murk, but he still carried on. He was um, head of the chefs association of wow. South Africa as a quadruple, the most incredible, incredible man. Yeah. Uh, and I, but anyway, at this point, nothing had happened. And he said, I said to Bill, because obviously working as catering manager, I, I said, Bill, I, I, I'm out of my depth here. 
can I, I would like to do something that I can cope with. And I would like to be a chef for a while, learn to be a chef um, and learn the stuff, become a sous chef or just become an under chef. Yeah. Which we then put into action and which meant I had a little bit more time off for my, for my music. Right. Because so you, I had Sundays off. So you went back. Because I worked in Bernato's, which was five, six days a week. So I went to work and then I had the afternoons off. So a little bit of me was going, yeah, I need time. I, I, I have to, I, this is, the banqueting thing just took up everything. It, it I, I just <clears> think some people can do it, but especially if you've got another passion. I mean, I even when I've started other ventures that, you know, I still liked a bit. Like if it, if you don't have time to practice, it's just not fun. If you don't have time to play. Just or it takes too much out of you. Some people can live their jobs. We can if it's music. Yes. But if it's I not, do. so we can do six nights a week in music, like seven, seven nights. Seven days. Week. No problem. Could do seven days, but but vocally I couldn't. No. Like, but you know what I mean. We we do every day for music, but yeah. I think as soon as it's something that doesn't strike that meaning chord with you, I'm reading a lot about things that you know, your motivation comes from meaning, far more so than anything else. And if it doesn't strike a meaning chord with you, then you're not mm. going to last. Yeah, no, that's right. And so I think, yeah. So, okay, so you you, you got some time back. So I got some show. time back. And at this point, now throughout all of this, however, I have been with Henry. And Henry and I have sort of struck up this friendship. And I have this yeah. flat. He's a rep for a company called Apex Engineering. There's a name. Don't, you don't need to know it, people. But that's what it was. Selling grease guns. Grease guns. Yeah, What's grease guns. Gun? A grease gun is a gun with grease. Yeah. You, you take a, you want to grease a car, an axle of a car, you use a grease gun. You fill it with grease and you go. Does it's they, a grease gun. Do they still exist? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, I would think so. Probably much more advanced, but that's what he did. So and wait, he, what age was he? Same age as me. Exactly the same age. Okay. No, he's three months younger than me. Both like 24. Yeah. So. He, he's coming across and we're meeting every afternoon in between him because he's he's a traveler you know he's right. a salesman so he's in his car and he can he can sort of hops an hour here and there and which he did and come to my flat and then we'd jam in the afternoons and we started writing yeah we started writing songs a lot of which are still around and they're still like and there's bits of them lying all over the place um and also on the Sunday, um, on the Sunday, because I had the Sunday off, I would then go out to Springs and sleep in the um, in his uh, garage, and then get up on the Sunday and drink Katembi. Oh gosh, Katembi. Now, this is very special because Abbott and Crabbe was born on Katembe. I didn't actually know that. Which is um, one and a half litres of Tassenberg red wine and two litres of Coke. And you just mix it and drink it out of pint mugs. Nice. And get completely stuffed. <laughs> and then write all sorts. And then write. That sounds fucking. And then write all sorts of silly shit. And at this point, we had um, with uh, we started uh, even at this early stage, we started doing some slightly silly things, where we do we do what if um, 
Simon and Guy, you know, you'd have learned from a stuck record. You've heard us do the stuck record. Yeah, yeah. Well, that started back then, you know, and we, we actually had, uh, I am, uh, it was, uh, we actually originally did it with um, uh, I, the boxer. So it's, I am just about, uh, my story set to, told, 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 and we, I have gone to my resist, resist, resist. We, we, but we rehearsed it. So yeah. the two of us were doing it two part with the guitars, with the scratches and did the whole and we could do it together. So th this is the first. Is that the first skit? That's the first kind of skit we did. Plus we did dueling banjos, which we did quite early on. Did you do that? Because Henry had a banjo, skit? had a beautiful Dobro banjo, which got stolen. He left it in the car park in Durban at one of the gigs. Oh, that's a whole story, which we'll probably get to that as well. Um, so, but, wait, so which did you, when did the comedy first No, but that, 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 but that was just the start. But still, that, that's the start. So did you okay. do dueling banjos before then? No, well, this is, this is just, remember, this is just playing in. Yeah. Now, at this point, I'm sort of <clears throat> starting to think about music a lot more. And uh, because I've got time to think about it, um, and you're working in a place where musicians work. Yeah, and, and, and well, I wasn't because at this point I was now a chef, remember. But you're still at the Landros, which yes. has musicians. Well, not many, but yeah, some of them. Anyway, so towards the end of that year, which would have been 77, um, no, but it would have probably been the following year. Henry and I are now, I'm now thinking about, do I, what am I going to do in my life? Okay, and I I'm gonna become a hotel manager. I don't want to be a hotel. I just want to play my guitar. That's all I want to do. Yeah. And at this point, I went. Hen was you know Hen and I were starting to play. Oh, important thing. We'd go up and play on a Sunday night at a place called the Crest Hotel. Right. They'd have a jam jam night. Jam night. No, it was guest. Open mic. Open mic. And we'd go and Henry and I would go and play. We'd had these crappy mics and these guitars had crappy pickups and oh, it was awful. And the the um, guy who ran that was a slightly known guy in South Africa called Joe Parker. Oh wow! The famous Joe Parker. Joe let us get on the stage. So now Joe Parker He's, was he quite they, big at that the stage? The world has never forgiven him. Uh, um, so Joe Parker was he was he quite big at that stage or was he that he was beginning? Yeah, he was already. Well, put it this way, he was a pro. I don't think he was that big, but he was making a living out of it. Right. You know, is that out of, you mean out of out of um, being a comedian or out of running venues? No, he was Joe at that point was doing music and comedy. He he very famous. He used to play. He used to play bass bass pedals and guitar and a drum box. Right. I think. Um, and he was. And I used to do a thing called. Good, the bad, and the, the theme song from Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, which is very it was famous. A very for bad it. whistle of that. <laughs> Radio, and everybody knew well, Joe for doing this. That was the sounds that went with it. Yeah. But Joe did it, and uh, he was very famous. Everybody, well done, Joe, fantastic. And he was. Um, <laughs> he let us get on stage, which we did a few times, and we actually got, yeah. I think, five pounds or so, five rand, sorry, for this, or ten rand. So that was the first time. Ten rand, got... by the way, in current terms, that's 50p. Yeah, that's basically. we got paid there. 
How much was it valuable then? Two to one, then. Really? That was worth five pounds. Oh, that's not yeah. bad. And uh, yeah, so we 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 get on saying we were crap. Oh God, we were awful. And we played all these original songs, and people are looking at us going, "What?" The f um, but anyway, so we still did it, and we pressed on, and the sound we had was terrible. We had crap. And we had, at this same time, we're you know very aware, and and we're starting to think about that we want to do this yeah. uh, professionally because at the same time as doing this, we're going out and seeing. There was a, there were a couple of two pieces called one called um charles g and john t who we got to know very well in the end greg glover is still on my facebook he lives in plymouth now yeah um he's part of the story as well All these brits in africa and another one called no he wasn't a brit he was from bloomford oh right he just ended up in he ended up in him oh. and another one called arthur and swan with a guy called joe arthur incredibly talented boy great peer, great voice yeah could do wuthering heights and do the voice in the original key. He could get yeah. Kate Bush's voice. Um, he was Joe Arthur and Steve Swan, who was a guitar player, was from Victoria. And there were a couple others, but what Hen and I saw was that they had drum boxes. And in fact, Charles G and Jonty had the same drum box as I had bought. I bought a drum box in England, yeah. which had come with me. TR66, Roland, yes. Had, uh, Hen always said, turn the, turn the hi-hats off, they sound like crickets, and, which was true. And <laughs> so we, 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 at this point where we have the drum, but we don't think anything of it because yeah. we're just playing two acoustic guitars. Um, and at some point, Hen says, look, I know this agent, Morris Fresco. He's still working. He is. Yeah. And Henry phones him and he says, come on into, yes, come for an audition. <laughs> Except the audition is in his office. So we turn up like two naughty little naughty little schoolboys with our acoustic guitars, sit behind his desk and play for him. Nice. I mean, Amazing. what? This is not. I mean, that's not audition. Audition. You do a gig and a PA and a, no, just two acoustic guitars. And then he asked, "Do you have a drum box?" Yes. We do. Is that the qualification? Like you have to have a drum box to be. Yeah. Able to do well, that was it. Well, yeah. Well, it was. He mentioned that. To be fair, like that's the Monday equivalent. A lot of people, so I get a lot of um, things where they don't like backing tracks anymore. Well, yeah. that's always been. But so they, they, now you have to have a loop pedal. That's what you need. Loop do you pedal. loop? Yes. You're allowed to loop. loop. So, so do you loop? Is is that's kind of like maybe the new. Do you loop? Do you loop? I don't <laughs> think they say that. They definitely don't. But do you loop? I think if you use a loop pedal, that then puts you above. Which uh -oh. is interesting because Lurp, maybe the Lurp in Rumbles. South Africa is a walk. Lurp is a walk. Lurp this way. People aren't not interested in this rocks. It's Afrikaans. Lurp die weg. Yeah. So anyway, so we we would say yeah, and and we were at the same time we start doing a gig in. Uh, I, I I at this point have left. Have left. Landrost, because at right. this point, the point where we said, "Okay, we can do this. We're gonna, I'm gonna do music." I left the, I left the, um, the Landrost, and got a job for Dion's in the record department because I wanted to be close to music. Okay, so so you actually found another job. So yes. You're like, okay. Yes. 
Now, at some point, here's an interesting thing. Dion's is basically for anyone else. It's like it's a, just a department it, store. Yeah. Department store, but it had a record department. So they were opening a new store in town, and I get to work in the record department. Anyway, after a while, uh, there's three of us in there, and it's too many, and they say, we want you to do something else, work in appliances. What am I going to do? Because I still want to play. But, but I don't want to lose the job because yeah. it's, you know, it's okay pay and I need to. Oh, so yeah. I work in appliances, yeah. which I end up, I think I'm very, very good at because oh, okay. I learn stuff. Well, and I'm good at, and, yeah, and I, but I go, eventually go to them and say, I don't want to do this. I can't, no, I don't, I want to be close to music. And they move me to the other branch in Weinberg. Right. Where they do need someone in the record department. Where I'm, which is great because here I'm on my own. And I get to, and it's at the time when there's all sorts of albums coming out. Billy Joel's uh, A Stranger, uh, which has uh, Just the Way You Are on it, uh, Earth, Wind and Fire, Fantasy, um, City to City, Jerry Rafferty, which has the huge, colossal hit Baker, Baker Street on it. And a few others. So I'm, and I'm yeah. learning now. We, I'm, I'm into, you know, and Henry would come round and see me, and we'd go out for a pizza, pizza at lunchtime, and I'd have garlic. And Hen always would comment about the fact that I had had a garlic pit, and he could smell it from a mile off. Yeah. And he's very particular. I didn't understand any of this because I'm a stupid Englishman, and I really, compared to him, I really was, had no idea about things like. The way you look, and 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 and, and hence, like he knew a lot of shit that I didn't, none of which I appreciated because I was better than him on the guitar as you, a musician. So you're saying you're saying like actually your appearance is something you think is more concerned in South Africa. That's yes. The worse of it. Yes. Yes. Very much. So. Interesting. I would think so. I it it was, you know, I really do think that the South Africans are very look conscious. I mean, Henry always was, always, very, uh, um, uh, in a good way too. And I, it took me years, and I only ever learnt it from from your mother, who is past my past my master at it. Uh, but Hen eventually appreciated this fact, and is that why is that, is that supposed? Why is that gone orange? Uh, poor connection, experiencing degraded. Yeah, I wonder if the internet here just isn't as good. Uh, oh dear, I don't know what, what's. No, it's still. It says it's still going. Yeah, okay. It's I'm just sure poor it's quality. Right. I need to go wee, so you can. Oh bollocks. What have you done? Did well, let me just carry on. on. I can. Yeah, talk. carry on. Okay, I'm gonna go wee. She's going to wee. Where was I? Where, what point was I? You were saying you and Henry were meeting for. Uh, we were meeting for lunch and, 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 and at um, pizza place. I'll I need get you uh, coffee. Yeah. Well, I don't need coffee. Okay. So it was, uh, and the whole uh, we were doing a gig uh, at the Landros Hotel on the second floor at this point, um, turning up for jam sessions where we could, trying to learn equipment. Oh, that nightmare. Tuning. Oh. Anyway, so eventually, uh, 
we get a call from the agent, Morris, and says, got a gig for you at uh, the New Inn in Bononi. The Rebel Inn in Bononi. It was the Rebel Inn, actually, in Bononi. Six nights a week, five hours a night, and we've got, uh, I, I, all this time I'm buying, we're buying equipment, what we think we need, and I'm buying all the wrong stuff. Um, but we get it anyway. Um, too much equipment that we didn't, I had no idea what we were doing. And we turn up at this gig and do the gig. Now, for some unknown reason, it seems to work. Because we have the drum box. At this point, we're only doing quite a few songs on the drum box. But those are cocaine, I think, all around my hat. Um, uh, Hotel California and Red House. And the rest of it's acoustic. Uh, oh, no, not acoustic. Also, Henry's playing the way we set up without the drum box was Hen would play, had a bass drum and a hi-hat because he'd been a drummer at some point. And he'd, uh, he'd play his, uh, play bass drum and hi-hat with his left and right foot, and play guitar and sing. And I'd play bass and sing. We'd, we'd picked up, by this time, we'd picked up a, a copy of a Rickenbacker, which was a great, we'd got it. Um, we bought two little amplifiers. And if you bought the amplifier, you got two guitars and we said, look, instead of that, can we have that bass? Which was cheap, which is about the same price as a guitar. And they said, yes. So we took the bass, which was great. <laughs> um, so we do the whole. Uh, we now have. A, a bass and Henry's playing, as I say, I'm playing bass. He's playing live drums, but with. Uh, but with a, uh, just pedal and feet. And that's how we were at the beginning. Now we're working. I'm working. Incessant. Oh, the first thing happens is we we're both in the same room. In the hotel, living in a hotel, both in the same room. Hen Are you sharing a room? Yes. Like as in a room, not a house, not as an in apartment. A room. As in you which in no time Hen said, not going to happen. And I didn't understand why, because I'm just into the whole. Already, the, already well, the rock and roll. Used to reduced, uh, reduced I didn't care. I had no, no, no concept. Hon, Hen was, you know, Hen's private. Hen worked on common sense, and he was right. And I wish I was so ignorant. Also, there's no limit of space here, and that's a big difference. Yeah, between but, but I, 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 I just look at him and so stupid, and I, I was just all I wanted to do was play. Playing was everything. Right. Always, still at this point. I was playing six nights a week, five days a night, and the guy just want to play. Yeah. And drink. Because at yeah. this point, people started to buy us drinks, and of course, this was fun. Right. And of course, chicks, yes, it all happened. Yes. We did it. We met them. We met them, and we did what we were misbehaved a lot. And. Uh, Do you ever have any drama with women? Because no. that can happen when you work in the same bar. Because I know for a lot of the guys. No, no, not too bad. It's fine. At Nothing least you didn't bad. have chicks in the band. No, no, not too bad. No, it was, it was. And 
mainly we had chicks staring up at Hen because Hen had beautiful long hair and he had this little boy face and everybody. Had was, you grown your hair out by this Well, oh, we started to grow, yeah. So started did you have grow. your bald patch yet? Yeah. Because the reason why I say this is because Dad had this, has there is a glorious photo of you somewhere with like long curly black hair but a bald patch. In the yes, middle. that's right. Very. No, we had it. We had it. No. And, uh, and that's where the hat came from, I suppose. No, no, it isn't. Nothing to do with it, believe it or not. So at this point, we're, 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 at, the, we're at the first gig and, and it's working. I mean, we don't know what we're doing, but it's working. Right. And uh, we're getting. Uh, the place is packed. I mean, it's heaving. I, but except that. Were I, you doing comedy at this? Time? No, 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 no. We didn't talk. Made a rule not to talk. Why did you make a rule not to? Talk? I don't know. Because we didn't want to. Because okay. because I don't know. Which is so funny because that's one of the things you're. Don't. Can... It. We'll get there. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so we're doing well, and eventually we're there for five months. They break through. The, we're so so well. They break through the. Then we start to fall off, and they want to move us to the other hotel which is the uh tudor there's a band there called uh with john wainwright and gordon knapp i can't remember what they were called but they moved to where we are and we moved which was john wainwright who eventually died of cancer in 94 uh there is uh we kind of have a uh there's a parallel thing with him too right um but we're playing, so we do the game. We eventually move to the Tudor, which is in back in Johannesburg, um, where we're there for a month. And at this point, at the end of the six months, because we'd been for three months and then we're extended for three months. And then because we hadn't done so well in the second bit, we don't have a job. Because you hadn't done so well? Yeah, because we, they, 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 we were crap. Jeez. But I thought you said people liked it. Yes, but we were crap. We're not, you know, it's, you know, there was a and point. And you were singing a lot at this point. At this point, I'd started to sing uh, quite a lot. And well, because we were doing a lot of harmony stuff. And I was always good with harmonies. Um, but we don't have a job. And Hen, I, I, I don't know what to do. So I eventually get a job back at the uh uh back at the landros as a barman right and about no time in about two weeks into the new contract because the they were very firm contracts they did three months three months three months and they were the same all over the country and right. it worked like that um two weeks in there's a guy there was a guy called um oh I've forgotten his name, Eckstein. Um, not Eddie Eckstein. Uh, anyway, he, he was at a place called the Crest Hotel upstairs, where I mentioned I mentioned the Crest where we did the um, did the open mic nights. And he's left, and they've got this guy, Alan Gold. Uh, no, Alan Gold was the guy who was playing there. Right. Uh, and they replaced uh, 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 and Alan was brilliant. They he used to just do all the crap songs and people loved him and got hopelessly drunk, fall over, sing along. Right. And they replace him for some unknown reason with a guy called Barry Redman, who they found in this cocktail bar in England, wrong by a billion miles. 
just the wrong guy. Right. Was he good? Yeah, brilliant musician. Right. Wrong songs. Just didn't. I mean, you know, you need someone who does all the shit. Yes. So at this point, the guy in charge, Lloyd, who's a very nice man, by the GM of the year, says, I don't know what we're going to do. So he then says, well, let's make a three piece. Get Abbott and Crabbe, Dave and Henry in. Were you at oh, this at this point, by the way, in the previous gig, the, the owner of the um, of the owner of the Rebel Inn group, Ian Smith, his name was, um, was asked, what are we going to call them? Um, well, they've got surnames, Abbott and Crab, Crab and Abbott. He said Abbott and Crab. And, that, and he was the one that christened us Abbott Christen and Crab. the name, right. Because there was talk about Rabbit, Rabbit, Crabbit. Which like is rabbit. funny because Rabbit was... No, so band. we talked about Crabbit. But Rabbit were a band already. Yes, but that was a way of cashing in on it because nobody could argue. Right, okay, yeah. But anyway, eventually became Abbott and Crab. So at this point, uh, they, they say, well, get them in. So we'll make a three-piece. So we do. Now, because of that, we don't get, don't get a night off because, you know, they, what the idea is, Barry will work five and we'll do the other one. You know, we, we'll stagger. Yeah. And in fact, what happens is we don't take a night off for six months. Right. Plus, I'm working, still working in the bar at the Landrost. Okay, so you're working in the bar and doing seven and nights a week. Doing seven nights a week. And working. How many said tonight? Three, four. I can't remember. We were yeah. drunk. Fair enough. And at this point, we got, you know, there's us upstairs and a band downstairs, which was for the first three months. Uh, or was it the second three months? I can't remember, but it was um, the band we met at the that had taken over from us in Bononi, which was John Wainwright and Gordon Knapp, and then. Derek Gordon and Joe Parker for the second three months, which was great because we then learned, you know, we we learned how to drink tequila. What from Joe Parker? Yes, it's his fault. <laughs> naughty forgotten. lemon, naughty naughty lemon. Naughty lemon. Yes. What naughty lemon? <laughs> because you've had cancer. Okay, you got salt. Yeah. Tequila and naughty lemon. And naughty lemon. So sick. So lick, ah, drink, ah, naughty lemon. And that was the, that was the that lemon. Was See, the lemon. And that, that continued, of course, the tequila thing carried on for some 20, 25, 30 years. In fact, it hasn't really stopped now. Oh, so that. anyway, so we're upstairs and we eventually get this. So now we're now a three piece, which is interesting because now we've got, and we even bring, get a drum kit in and Barry can play a bit of drums and, we had by this time we I buy a, a Redman amp, this amp, which is we're buying equipment because now I've got money because now we're we're getting paid less than we were at the other gig, but because I'm working during the day, I'm actually doing okay. Yeah, doing alright, but just non-stop work. And I've got, were you sleeping at all? Yeah, with people. Um, <laughs> it had to be said, Rox. Yes, I'm sorry, I know I'm your father. Yes. I wasn't too bad. I wasn't. I don't care. I wasn't as bad as him. You're a musician. I don't judge. I wasn't as bad as him. Um, Hen was, oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> I did go through some moments. So anyway, so eventually, so I've got my accommodation because, you know, even now I'm thinking, 
even though we were getting less, we were getting, I think, a thousand rand between us, minus 10%. And, and, but you're still, you've got no expenses. Right. And so, you People know, so it was cool. And we've done time. well and we're there for three months. And then we get extended for another three months. Right. So now we're into 1979. Now, you said with the previous gig you were crap but now with this one had you now suddenly improved well we, we, we're learning all the time but i still don't think we're very good but other things have i happened. do think i do think at, at the comedy you read it said it no, no 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 okay. no 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 near that so we then uh, at this point i have learned how to play bass pedals so i've got you know i've got a drum box and bass pedals and acoustic i can now strum and i'm now singing more yeah. So I've learned how to play bass drum, bass pedal, and, the, uh, and that's about it. So we're, you know, that's what we've got now. You've then been extended. Right, we've been extended. Got all this cash you're buying loads we of got, gear. We're buying gear, which we don't know how to use. Still set crap, I think. But we, you know, we've got Barry, who's an experienced guy, so we learned a bit from him. But at some point, we're um, playing, and there's a very famous gig in Cape Town called The Liz. Right. A guy called Harry Matthews ran it. And he comes to see us one night. And I'll never forget him coming up to the stage and saying, pack your bag as you come into Cape Town. That's amazing. That's the sort of thing like when, you know, you hear of someone who gets, you know, you're getting a record deal. Just, it's just, I don't know, that whole thing of it happening, it all happens online now. Yeah. I don't know I don't know if that thing happens as much anymore. I mean, I'm, I'm going to learn by speaking to more people. and I just, I don't know if that sort of thing happens. Feel free to message me on Facebook and tell me that does still happen. But, yeah, that's amazing. So you just and came so up, he and, came and, up watched... and, and said, pack your bags, you come it's in and go down. And apparently... The comments is in was two good looking young guys. All the chicks that's what he said. I didn't know. And anyway, so at this point we go to Cape Town. Now this is the end of uh, so if I finally we buy more more equipment, I think. I don't know. We've got um we eventually I at this point I have to buy a combi. Yeah. And uh, at this point, I'm also, oh, I find a chick, a regular chick called Sabrina. There lies a story. Was she the one who you got engaged to? Yes. And then broke up with and then remembered listening to Little Feet by Chicago. No, no. Little Feet was the band. Little Feet, Chicago by Little Feet. No, I got it wrong. No, it was, but the band was Little Feet. I, 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 I'll, get, I'll get to that. I've got, I've got enough time. Jesus, this story is long. Yeah. Um. So we go to, uh, anyway, she, we go to Cape Town. She comes with her. I'll never forget where we're kind of in, and, and we go in the combi and we know, I didn't no idea what we're doing. Yeah. So we drive to, we get to Kimberley, which is not even third of the way on the first day, but we stay there because we've got to, I dropped my keys down the, lift shaft at the hotel oh, of course my genetics Hen everybody henry, henry henry um must have really lost faith in thing in the world at this point anyway so we off we go to cape town and we eventually get there and it, it's quite really quite magical but we get there were and, you engaged to sabrina no not at this point no. okay but you 
but we but yeah so she comes with and we stay in cape town we sleep in the truck but really no yeah no there's no we had no money for anything so you didn't have accommodation no so you were playing six nights a week no we had accommodation at the no i'm talking about on the way down oh on the way we Sorry. okay at i was kimberly like... and sleep in the right yeah fair enough and we eventually get there and uh, and we set up and start to play and we're following i can't remember who arthur and swan which is a problem right because they were very good very good yeah and he could do this high voice thing right but they had a guitarist called steve swan arthur joe arthur was magnificent piano we had a we had a what they didn't have was a guitar playing which i had um because i was better than quite a lot of them even though at this point i was beginning to you know i felt uh, starting to feel i'm a, in a duo and there was no respect there you know because you'd see all the other bands and the big bands and i was just in a duo no good right so we anyway we get to cape town and we, so just, we there was a stigma against musicians who are in duo yeah i, I felt it subsequently i find out this probably isn't true but anyway um so we get we we do the gig and it's three months and at first not happening um not happening right and we go and see another band called charles g and john t this was one of the bands i'd seen earlier who are now huge are now at the ronda bosch pig and whistle packing them in and we go see them and this sound is to die for right now now i'd go no but then we were going yes and they just sounded brilliant and we eventually get greg to come and help us which he does and he says well you've got too many bits of shit here just put everything through the pa and end of story have two guitar amps on oops have two guitar amps on stage yeah. and and just put everything else through the pa don't Give yourself a bit of money so that's what we do this now works right and we start the thing starts to improve and they take us on and they eventually uh, do take us on for a further three months which then turns into all hell breaks loose you know and we now pretty good so we end off in uh where are we are you talking to the audience yet yeah i think we are well, there's a and couple that of way, and the comedy like had the skits because no, 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 no. So the skits Nothing. were quite early on. No, still early on. Jamming, but didn't no, come jamming. on stage. Okay. I mean, there were kind of things, funny things like we used to go to Hout Bay every Saturday afternoon. They had a band there called Late Final, who we still know a couple of the guys. But Henry and I would go down there, and we'd play knuckles. If you get the other guy's knuckles, if you lose, you have to drink. Guitarist right. playing knuckles. Are we oh, fucking idiotic or what? Now, so we do this and we'd often turn up pissed and but, but nobody cared. I remember one night me getting back early and I decided not to go and play. They carried Henry in. He went to his room, which was just down the hall. I passed out. Yes. Eight o'clock. It was nowhere to be seen. Somebody has to go and wake him up. Oh, what, for the gig? Yeah, for the gig. Oh, I mean, it's only down the hall, so it doesn't really matter. But, but you know, we're about 15 minutes. Anyway, but so we do the gig. Eventually we leave uh, and it's, uh, where are we? We've done November, December, January, February, March, April. And May we're gonna go to, we're booked for the gun deck in East London. So we drive, so we finish playing, pack up and drive. 
And it's a pretty drive too. That's yes, a gun route. But who would know? Because it's four o'clock in the morning. We've packed right. up. We haven't slept. You yeah. don't have a day off. We have to get there to start on the Monday. And there's no drinking laws, so you've probably drank a shit ton too. Yeah, oh, I didn't even think about that. So we um, we drive and get get lost. And uh, but eventually go through some of the most magnificent scenery you could ever see. You go through fucking the beautiful lines and Lanesburg. We made a mistake at Lanesburg, and eventually go along the coast. We eventually, having not slept, we eventually and and we have a problem because you're not allowed to buy um, petrol on a Sunday in South Africa at this point. So we've got we've got canisters. Yeah. We eventually just about. You're not allowed to buy petrol on a Sunday. Sorry. No. Oh. Okay. We eventually, having shuffled petrol between petrol tanks, I kid you not, oh we eventually get to East London 10 o'clock the following night, having not slept. And we get there. So we sleep, get up, set up to play. And now here's the, 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 the gig doesn't really, sort of half works. And there's a guy called um, uh, John Lieber, Lieberman, a Jewish guy, a very nice man, too, who runs the hotel. Now, we work our asses off in this place to try and get it to work. And down the, the, the funny thing is there's a band called Free Spirit at the R.O.B. Hotel next door. Pack in the place. They're crap. They are seriously crap. No, I mean, sorry, Henry, Free Spirit, if you're listening. Henry, Henry went to Henry went to see them yeah. with our, the guy we've now taken on as manager at this point or. Was this at that point? I don't know if yeah, I... Oh, there. So you might have taken on the manager. So you've gone in and you're trying to fix the place up. And it's not quite... And, and we don't get it right, but we do meet a band called Copperfield. Ah, and that's Bones. Who are at the Windsor Hotel. And who are... We went to see them. and I, I, I was jaw-dropped. Because this was rock and roll. This was the way it should be done. And so in the Windsor Bowl, which is a huge venue, and there's three people in it. And two of them are Henry and I. So you kind of realise at that stage that um, oh, that's his that phone. phone. Is that the same bloody ringtone for since I was phones existed? Even Sorry, when it was, it's always been Parisian walkways. I must call Marshmallow. And it was Parisian walkways, even when it was still monotone phone calls the 3310 what what yeah no there isn't oh that isn't that's six string drop it is written that's by awesome. dave abbott that's true when did you switch over it used to be Parisian the Walkways. moment that came out the album and came out i switched it okay so sorry where am i yeah so we meet and then she's wrong so we eventually decide we get friendly with them and we go to shows with them um, we go out and do Sunday. I'm oh, sorry, what I wanted to say about that, was it at that point that you sort of realised, okay, maybe the music's not the deciding factor in people? Well, no, I mean, we do, I don't hold know. Hold on, hold on, you're not by the microphone. He's got up and moved. Yes, no, I know. You have to um, yeah, I do. And, and we, we began to realise that, not that there was not the deciding factor, but that, but that you know, that, that, I mean, Hen went to see. You're not bad if you're not packed out it doesn't mean yeah it, we, we, we we didn't understand i still didn't understand right. still didn't understand in fairness so we eventually do a saturday afternoon with um copperfield at the 
at the at the at the gun deck at the Holiday Inn, yeah. and it works big time. Right. And through this and through our efforts, we kind of our reputation is enhanced by this because Mr. Lieberman, there was a junior, he 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 openly said, "Look, I really I realised that you didn't get it easy because we worked our asses off. We really did. There we tried songs." We, we, we learned what the songs were supposed to be, so we learned a lot of new stuff. We tried to get our sound right. We were forever playing. We forever. We spent forever there. And yeah. so we left with a reputation that was good, that was strong, even though it hadn't gone quite as well as we'd hoped, but still we left. So we leave in... Uh... I mean, the thing is that the music isn't the only deciding factor in a bar not working. In fact, very often it's got nothing to do with the bar not working. That's right. So um, that's... So, yeah. So at this point, we, we, we our next gig is at Pedro's, which is another rebel inn up in Malvern. Now, um, we drive up there. I mean, there's a whole sequence of things. We got again. You can't have petrol on a Sunday, but Henry and I lose each other. We both end up in Queenstown the following morning because once again we've packed up and just gone. Um, I'm happy, just lucky enough to find each other, and then we drive to Joburg, do the gig. At this point. Sabrina, the girlfriend, is starting to mess about. Although I don't realise I'm too stupid to know. Right. Um, but at this point, we're going. We're not sure about. We're hearing about all the other gigs, and we we get. Uh, Henry, we do a gig. Henry gets measles, and we have to go and do a a gig at a place called Secunda. He has measles while he's doing it, and German measles. But we get the gig. So that's going to be the next gig. But at this point, we've also brought in Mike Bourne, who is a different agent. And also, Henry has got drunk a couple of times and gone off on a on a on a tangent and been really funny. Although I'm cross at oh, right, this point. Right, you mean on stage? Yes, so. and I'm cross. However, we by this time know a band called Blend and. Dave, who's one of the members of Blend, who are a comedy show band, comes into Abbott and Crab and immediately wants to turn turn us into a comedy thing. Right. And we go to Secunda, where we do start to do some comedy. So you we, were at this stage saying you got annoyed when Henry went off these yes, standards. Yes, yes. Because you were going, it's well, not the it, music, it's distracting from the music. Yeah, well, sort of. I'm beginning to, I don't know. Then we go to Secunda, uh, where we pack it. Oh, we pack it. That one right. went ballistic. I mean, we're talking, we're talking thousands and thousands of expats who are building Secunda, the Secunda Cecil. Yeah, there's Cecil three. Like, I heard a lot of expats. And they, they're getting paid in England. They're getting paid here. So they, their wives are looked after for. They're getting paid here. They've got loads of cash. What are they going to do with it? Drink. Yes. <laughs> and they drink. Yeah. And they think, there's the band. Bottle of tequila. Send it up on a tray. We drink it. Yeah. Horrifying. And then we'd go home and drink. How we never became alcoholics, I'm never quite sure. But that, that, that went where it got really out. Yeah, it was over the, the line. top. But by this time, oh. One other thing had happened at the previous gig. We'd gone to Electra Voice and said, help us sort this sound out. So we get a big rig. Right. Bottom bins, horns, the lot. Now we're 
it's serious you know yeah. you know all through this i've been sort of running trying to run i'm uh, getting credit with standard and by now i've got a i've got a credit rating so i'm all right now go tell me i right. want to get credit i'm all right yeah and also because the shops say you know we've that's interesting that you struggle with that because like for me that's been a big challenge in the uk is it just with immigration is getting credit getting someone to say don't think it's any different anyway no, don't true. think it changes anyway I, 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 you know by this time i didn't have to worry about it right okay which is which was okay because, yeah, bad for well because we yeah, well we didn't have credit cards at that point it was just credit right it okay. was high we'd have, yeah high purchase and we we, we we but we always kept our you know through all this we may have been picked but we were always there always on time always did our job and you never ran into financial crisis no like, no. no i think not really we did a couple of times couple of there a couple of further down the line there would be but at this point where you know everything goes back yeah, into which the, is just quite good at a young age but I suppose everything goes back you kept in, working so. everything goes back into the band and we had a couple of we'd had we had a couple of insurance policies and what have you so at this point we we, we go to i mean then where we do secunda then we go to a place called barrels in cape town which was interesting because we both lost our voices there because mainly because it was a they had a there were loads there was loads of dust in the place and we really oh and you think it was the dust that kind well of it really was henry it didn't sing voices. for about six weeks i didn't sing for three weeks we had people in the audience coming up and singing oh really yeah we learned how to do that um and we talked but not sing and of course we did have the show we now by now we'd written quite a few comedy things um, so the comedy really came up into yeah and we had i'd wear a union jack I just I'm sorry, I wanted to yeah, compare it came up in Secunda. Was it where it really where we did things like um Grandma's Feather Bed with Hen would stand behind me and we he'd play and I'd sing and then he'd hold them out and there was so it'd be two arms, four arms on one guitar. Oh, then right. Julian Banjos, we'd do the comedy version of that. Uh then we started to write some silly songs. I mean Julian Banjos shoulder was Julian Banjos is a legendary Get that you guys did. yeah that's right yeah. i mean did it begin with all the you know no. him playing the other arm because in the no. sketch sketch if you haven't seen it like dad and um henry like they'll play the banjo underneath and play it with his teeth and then play it like this it's just really and it's fun. a competition one side against the other and we started a... to develop the my side your side thing right. um which carried on to this day i mean yeah. we've used it and it's it's a very simple method of 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 uh audience participation making them feel part of it because once you do that you've if you've got them on your side then this lot are going bugger that when ray yeah no 100 i think it's it's funny i mean i definitely didn't know it at the time but watching abbott and crab because there's so much audience participation i think comedians far more so than musicians for the most part know how to interact with an audience and get them involved and i think that it's not I do think there's a natural tendency, but it's a learnable skill. Like, it's even surprising for me that you guys didn't immediately. I it. think, I would say, you saying it's a learnable skill, I think that's, I, I would ex take it even further than that. Yeah. Um, To saying it's a learnable skill that everybody should learn. I mean, I, I have to say, and let's take some of the greatest musicians that we know. 
who's very good at it, actually, in his quiet way, is Bela Fleck. Right. And that's pure musicianship. Pure, as pure as it gets. And yet. He can still talk to an audience. Talks to an audience. And they throw the little purple hippos out. I didn't even know they did Have that. Have you seen that? No. Yeah, they, you know, from the first album with the purple yeah. hippos, which yeah, is yeah, the, yeah. which was kind of cosmic hippos, and they they try that. Uh, you know. Uh, well, I mean, a lot of, but you can still be a good. I don't think every musician needs to learn to fight. Well, you know, I'm. You know, there's a there's a, there's a there's a there's an argument for another day. Um. But, yeah, I mean, fair enough that as a frontman, it, it's useful to talk to an audience and something. Um, it's, but it's very easy to do. It's, it's just a set, you know, I had to for here and now. I, I've written up a program. I mean, I probably look like a complete dickhead. But like of just things to say, things you can say, and it's just more the confidence to say them. Than anything. Yeah. And just to like recognize that as a conversation. Well, we found it a lot easier. We yeah. just got drunk. Yeah, fair enough. Or just get Which pissed. is horrible. I'm, although remembering. That um, drive though, but if you're. Remember, no, remembering people, we lived in the hotels. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's so what that was the I problem. So you, you drink yeah. and you fall into bed. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, it's, it's it, uh, although we occasionally did go out. Well, we'd usually walk. Yeah. Because you'd walk to the wherever it was. Yeah. Um, you know, because they were all, yeah, in each town there was. Taxi, like, it, well, Dubai, no, China, in, now we would, but in those days we yeah. didn't. In, in those days, there was, in every town you went to, we started to know where the muso places were. Yeah. And we became seconded in our mum. But then we went to Barrels, as I say, Somerset West. Then we went to the Coach House, which was a big one in Newlands, where the cricket ground is in Cape Town. Didn't do well there. That was where I nearly got beaten up by somebody for wearing an England, an England Union Jack uh, waistcoat. Really? Yeah. Why? African so I got. Was an Englishman wanted to beat me up. Because I, Henry wore a South African flag. Remember, this is the days of apartheid still. Yes, it's pretty nice. And, and uh, anyway, but, and then we go to King Williamstown, a place called the Gaslight Bar. And I think that was when my brother got married and we went to England. Right. Which was about 82, 83. Uh, Sabrina at the stage? Sabrina's gone. Okay, so she was... She went in Somerset West. Okay. Smashed the guitar for my troubles. So wait, did she break the SG? No, she broke the Les Paul, which wasn't mine. Oh. There was a Les Paul in my room. She went up to the room, swung it around and smashed it, which I had to cost me. But she cheated on you? She did. What a bitch. No, not well. <laughs> you know, you, 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 you kind of get over it sort of thing on my part. Get over it. I mean, I was heartbroken. And then one day I'm on a beach buggy going... I'm in a fucking beach buggy. There's a lacquer chick here. Michelle's her name was. She was very sweet. Oh, good. And she was. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, I'm not even going to say the gesture Dad just made. She was very nice. And uh, and I thought, what's wrong with you? Adam? She had a great person, great personality. Yes. Great. And big she was. Uh, and and we um. And we were in this beach buggy and we were all, you know, we're just drawing her on the beach in Cape Town. It's a Sunday. I'm going, what are you doing? Get over it, you asshole. And at that moment, I got over it. I just got over it and went, life is good. I'm in a beach buggy. It's yes. We're on the sand. We're drawing around on the beach. And then we started to, the wheels came off a little bit. Yes. And uh, we 
we, Henry was famously hanging out of, hanging over the front of Bucky's oh, at night on the beach. And oh, we just we were out of line. We were out of yeah. line, having a great time. But that's what matters. So then that was, and then we ended up with the gaslight bar. Then, then the, we kind of. At get, any point in all this, so you're getting better and better and better. Yeah, yeah. At any point in all this, do you and Henry have um, struggles or conflicts or like? Strangely like, enough, tired or exhausted or. Strangely, not at this point. Right. Not at this point. At this point, we're in each other's pockets. We're with each other all the time. Yeah. To the point where we go to gigs, and Greg Glover once famously said, "We walk into the pit, the keg and tankard on a Sunday, and they're playing." And Greg, Greg goes, "I'm like, oh, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to welcome up as a crab, because <laughs> we were we were famous. I mean, we're now we think we're it, because we're known. Everybody knows us. We're famous up and down this country in South Africa. Um, well, we think we're famous. Yeah. Oh, well. We're not." We think we are because a lot of people now know us oh, we're, no. and we're going back to we now go to back to places the second city so we go to the p a lily's bar in pe which where we meet joe dolan and soft shoes but oh by this time we have also done we've done tv right okay while we were at the gun deck amidst all the troubles there we enter this thing follow that star well, no, we don't enter. We are entered. Follow that star, which is the equivalent of uh, idols or yeah. the voice or whatever. Except it's just a talent thing. Um, we do our show. We do the Devil Went Down to Georgia, which is very good, and it all yeah. comes across very well. We but we come second to a trapeze act. They're yeah, very good. <laughs> as voted by the people, well, you which is have, interesting. You played on a trapeze. Yes, except that. So what happens at the end of the whole thing, the series, which is won by a band called The Soft Shoes, who do, uh, uh, I don't know, this, I, I, they, they win, but they have a summer special. A summer special musical. It's very difficult to put a trapeze act in a summer special, which is a musical. Yeah. So we get the nod. And we, and we do two songs. We do dueling banjos and grandma's fed a bed, um, which are the comedy. So we're the comedy yeah. aspect of the, which is quite fun, you know. Yeah. We learn a lot. We go up and down. Uh, and it's, what can I say? So that kind of helped you get a bit more known and that helped. Yes. Yeah. And PE we do, uh, the wheels just come off and where soft shoes are there. They stay in the hotel because they're doing the tour with Joe Dolan, who's already a big recording act. Hen becomes big mates with Joe Dolan. He's Joe Drink. Dolan. He's very famous, international Irish star. Uh, you oh. look him up. And uh, Hen, Hen uh, and Joe just, just become mates and right. drinking mates because Hen can out drink anybody. Oh, bless, he's dead. Oh, is he? 2007. Oh, it's a long time ago. Okay. Oh, and uh, <laughs> so, but, you know, we just have, it was just the best time. At which point, yeah. what are the strippers? We have to do strip, to introduce the strippers every lunchtime, which we had done. Lunchtime? Uh, yes, and evening. Introduce the strippers at lunchtime. And you have to do comedy. Wait, which place is this? This is Lily's Bar. 
Was this the first place you worked out with strippers? No, no. We've Did done they that. All have no, we, well, I forgot to mention another place. Hold on. Yes, I've missed a couple of places out. Durban is the one I've missed out. Durban, uh, the, the, the LA hotel, where, where the hat came in. Uh, it was, we were there June, July, August 81, I think. June, May, June, July. It was winter. I think it was 81 or 82. And uh, we're in the, we have to do lunchtime. We have to introduce the stripper. Now, at this point, we're not very good at comedy, but I have to learn to do it and tell jokes and introduce the stripper. At one point, there's a guy, this guy calls me over. His name is Mike Barker. He's a professor of mathematics at Natal University. He's wearing a tweed hat, which he gives to me. He says, try that on, because my hair is crap. Because we've, we've had the, the picture that you're talking the about. Picture, the picture, the, the long curly hair with a massive yes. bald patch. And he says, wear that. And he says, at the end of it, I gave the gift back. He said, no, keep it. Oh. At that point, the hat is never removed. Right, brilliant. Never removed, not once. Yeah. It then stays on my head forever. Yeah. And I, trouble is, I wore that hat for a long, long time, but it eventually started to wear out. I yes. had to get a new one. I can't remember where the new one came from, but yeah, and eventually did. Um, so we do P, and then 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 we do. At this point, we're getting up. We do the uh, Lonsdale in Durban, where there's a couple of gigs we're not getting. We're starting to get stale. Um, you know, we are starting to feeling we're getting stale. Right. And we go back to PE. And here, now, this is an interesting one because at this point, the management the first time, a John guy called John Creven was fantastic. And we knew everybody. It was a party. Yeah. It was a party waiting to happen. Every night, the green jackets, the famous green jackets, would always be in the pub. We loved it. The famous green jackets? The, the green jackets, the, the, the management, a hotel, hotel, sorry, uh, holiday in management. Oh, right. I didn't know that. Okay. And so the following year, there's a new manager, Barry Noble, who's a bit weak, and an FMB manager who is a complete asshole of no, right. who him and I nearly come to blows. Right, okay. And I'm end up screaming that he's an asshole in front of his staff in front of him in front of the in the kitchen and i won't back off right but the trouble is everybody knows he's an asshole so it it's kind yeah, of anyway it's but okay Everyone the second time is so unpleasant where we and, and it doesn't work the gig doesn't work the same yeah. i eventually have a garage at this point we meet properly mark and lance who was just phoned by the way and I record Lance in the garage. We, I ask if there's a garage I These can use. These are two musicians. Yeah, but, yeah, there's a garage that I can use to set my recording stuff up in. Because at this point right. also, I've, we've, in Durban, when we're at the Allied Border, we bought some land in Cape Town we're, in, when we were in Somerset West and sold it. I made a profit, quite a oh, big right. profit. 9,000 pounds, 9,000 rand, I think. And I bought my first recording setup. Right. And I, I so I'm in the garage now and I record a whole load of stuff and that's what I enjoy doing. Mm. But at this point, I'm also standing outside. I, it started to get low. I'm going. I could start walking now. If I kept walking nine months, I'd reach the Mediterranean. Yeah. I'm bad. We're, right. we're, stuck, we're burnt out. Um, Is that now? Were there any relationships at this time? Not really. I mean, I've no. still got. I mean, I've had, uh, you know. What's her name still around? Billy, the stripper, is still around, who I was one of the strippers from the previous time. Right. 
But, you know, she's still around. And, you know, at which point we, uh, we decide we're going to go off and get our own gig, which we do in Kimberley with an old mate, Fittus, who was running a place who had become a professional because of us. He was actually a manager at Secunda. And uh, he's now running, doing his own thing because he's always, always a goer. Yeah. And he's got a place called the Palace in Kimberley. So we go and do the Palace, which is. We run into slight uh, financial problems, but nothing serious. Yeah. In retrospect, nothing serious. And we eventually from there we get to. We go back to Cape Town, we do. Samantha's, which was another case of that. That was an interesting one. We do the gig in there and we're told we've got to eat in the canteen, staff canteen, which is not great, let me tell you. Yeah, no. Where we've been used to eating in the restaurant, like normal civilized human beings. And but the well, trouble, you can't say that because the poor staff have to eat there. So no, I didn't mean that. You're used to, but you used to. I didn't privilege. mean it in a bad yeah. way at all. But because I know, I know but you're it, used to that privilege. And that it was a culture thing that was different. And it had been caused by the previous band who had created havoc. But that's always the thing. Basically, this is what happens with all rules and all contracts is one band goes in and let's say they're respectful. They do really well. Cool. So they get privileges. The next band goes in. If they do the same, if they they see these privileges, they don't see them as privileges. They take the piss or they just break a load of rules or take advantage and then selling privileges get revoked a good that, band go there and now they have no privilege that happened to us big yeah. time and we had to fight i'll never forget uh, for, uh we'd been there about a week and i don't remember what we were doing about eating i think we just was this after been, the contract where you were like I'm not this sure. was afterwards where we'd gone to kimberley and done three months on our own and then we were back in the system and went down to cape town uh, by by what do you mean on your own like, well we hadn't used an agent Right. And did that make a difference? Well, it did, because at this point we met with Mike Bourne and said, stuff this 25% lark, which is what we were paying. 25%? Yeah. yeah. Jesus, that's huge. That's yes, inappropriate. Well, 10%, 10 to 15 is industry yeah, well, standard. There you, there you go where we were coming Some from. Some people, 20%, I don't love it, but I mean... No, 20 is too I think so. 10 to anyway, 10. so we go down to... Uh, and as I say, one night they say, will you do... We've got a Sunday thing. We've got a whole hockey tournament. Will you play for them? And we said, yes, just restore our eating privilege. Yeah. For one meal a day. Never forget, because there was a Mike guy called Mike Pettit was the manager, and he was a pain in the eye. He just had it with musicians. And the F&B guy was a gay guy called Abe Ivan, Ivan, Jewish guy, very nice man, who said, I'm taking it. And we said, look, we don't mind. We're just feeling really lent on here. We'll do it for nothing, but just give it a, he said, I'm taking it upon myself. I'm granting it, which I've never, thank you, Ivan, if you ever hear this. Um, and so that was back and then we were back and then, then it went swimmingly yeah. and we worked quite hard and got the place all right. Yeah. Um, we went, uh, the next gig was the second time at the London town pub. Uh, by this time. Where? London Town, Pub London Town Pub in Cape Town, also in Cape Town. It's just this point that we're, oh, no, 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 sorry, 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 sorry. This... Yes, that is, that's right, London Town Pub. I'm getting muddled up uh, with dates. 
uh, it's not too serious. You don't need to know. And I, we, 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 at this point, we're beginning to, uh, we are beginning, we're, we're, we're knowing what it's like and it's a treadmill. And we're, yeah, it's a good way to describe it. We're, we're struggling Peter again. Peter Hrobler, who I worked with, he, he described the contract thing as real life is a struggle, but contracts are a slog. I yeah, that was an interesting description. We, I mean, at, at some point in this, we're up in Joburg, we're doing Solly's Saloon in Rosebank, and we and I buy this house. Um, so did you move? That was when you moved out of the contract thing. Well, I, I, that was eighty. That was eighty-five. We were still in the contract thing. We did Solly's, then we did a play, then we did uh, Daisies in Pretoria. That was a great gig. Right, that we, we did, yeah. the, which was kind of we went. It was still contract, but we kind of. It went. It just went swimmingly well. It was a. It, it, we we did a. I never forget. We did a Rocky Horror Night there. Yeah. We dressed up to the nines. I was Frankenfurter. Henry was. Amazing. Why are there no photos of this? Oh, there probably are somewhere. Someone. Um, if anyone has photos. Peter was uh, the guy on the motorbike. Because we were three piece at this. Right. Yeah. We turned to three piece for a short while. Um, and I bought the house. We then do one more gig, we go back to Cape Town, and then we're off the road. We decide, oh no, through all this, okay, I have to do this. We're, do, we're doing the, through all this, we're doing the, we're doing the, uh, we, we've done the Bonanza Bar in, in Joburg and killed it, and killed it. Yeah. And, um, and killed it, and, and, and we're doing it the third time. By this time, the center of town in Johannesburg has died um, because of Santon, because of because of the change in in, in, in the way in the, the, the demographics have changed. Yeah. And the Bonanza Bar was dying. We were booked for nine months there because they wanted us to get it going. And of course, that was never going to happen. Right. It's where people think, put them in, it'll work. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't. It really hard like i do think entertainment can't solve a whole problem it's kind of like when someone's sick and saying yeah don't worry it's something um when someone's sick and you try and just fix one thing it's like no you kind of you try you say oh if you just stay like stop eating big macs you'll be fine and it's like no you've kind of got to do a whole bunch of things to get better and like it's a terrible analogy. I, mean, I don't know, but you no, know. No, it's not a bad analogy because it's just, in this case, it was one that could be. Or feed them be, kale. Or like saying feed them kale and they'll get better. And this it's one like, it, couldn't it's, be solved. It's holistic, yeah. This one couldn't be solved. It was right. unsolvable because it was going to go. And it did right. go. Because you're trying to change. You're trying to change. Our country's on the change. And, of course, the, the centre of town, it has to be said, became more black. Fine. No problem. But then you need a black man. Yeah, then they, you need to the, the, change the, the, that demographic. Yeah. The system hadn't learned that it was going out of that it was going out of fashion. Right. We're still early 80s here. We're still 80s, 86. Yeah. And, and, and the, the system has the system hasn't learned. So. We there we, we, we do uh, uh, we do um, daisies in Pretoria. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Just that was brilliant. Then we do go back to the London Town Pub, which is pretty good. Also, yeah. we, we have a good time there. And uh, legendarily, we drove back to 
we went back to Joburg and I went, I took Mark with me. Right. With his parakeet. He had a parakeet? Not parakeet called. Macrite. No, not a parakeet. Uh, what's the little one? The little parrot. I don't know. Parakeet, isn't that a little parrot? Yes, it might be parakeet. Yeah, or anyway. Isn't a parakeet a type of bird? Or it, just a little parrot? On, on our shoulder, in, in the, in the bucket. spectacular. In, I mean, and we drove back to uh, Joburg and we sent the stuff. Uh, we had to send all the gear via a pantechnicum because by this time we were flashy and I think we had an Alpha and I had a Merc. Oh, um, God. Enough said. You know, we were just. Yeah. It's the way we worked. We, we were. We were we were burning out, you know. Yeah. So we get back here, and we've got the uh, the house is just about ready. So you've obviously met Mum already, or did you? No, no. No, okay. No, yeah, I didn't realise you had that. No, I haven't met. And we go back and we do the gig at uh, Bonanza Bar, which is not really working except for a Friday and Saturday, but we meet. Well, I do meet your mother for the second time. Was that a bonanza bar? Okay. I'd met her first at Solly's. Right. Where I'd taken her out and she'd given me her wrong name, her surname. Oh. Then I'd left and I'd gone to, um, and I'd only gone out with her. And then I, but I liked her, but she'd given me the wrong name. And, and then, so I went to, um, we went to Pretoria where I had another little girlfriend and, and, Susie turned up one night, apparently. I didn't know this. Yeah. And saw the other girl. And I don't know what happened there. But anyway, she was there. Anyway, back in Joburg. And so I'm again, we go yeah. out. And this time, it all starts to happen and it's more permanent. So that's when the relationship started and we've been together ever since. Yeah. Um, and that was 86. Right. And that was... That was the end of the girlfriends for me. Yes, well, good to know. Absolutely. And then, final. Uh, then so so you and Henry continued playing together, and then like just. Slowly well, then we said when we got back, what we'd done when we were at um, we were on a door deal at the Bonanza Bar, but because it was so quiet, we were only doing Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. We said there's no point. We can't sit around playing to nobody. Yeah. So we took a gig on a Thursday at a place called Alligators. A guy called Stephen Jack ran it, and also a, a guy, a, a gig at the in Blackheath called the Rib Shack, or I can't remember what it's called. What? What? But th these were that was the start of the one day when one nighters, and they were paying us. They went very well, and we got paid cash, and we had to move shit. But that's when we learned, and we thought we can do this. Right. Why are we getting stuck with a one nighters when we can do? So then we started and we started to look around at options. So we said, look, three months, we're out of here. We're not staying for six months, for nine months. We're not staying for six months, in fact, which was an issue. Okay. Because Even we were booked for nine months. And we said, no, we're not fucking doing it. Yeah. You can do what you want. They weren't very happy That's about it. Contract. But we had to pay for the next band to fly up, which was radiation. And right. but we did it. Or to travel up, we had to pay for their traveling, so it was okay. 700 bucks, I think, a lot then. But and then we, we we went out on our own, and we just said, This is it, we're out on our own. So, what, what stands out to me is that there's a lot of regular gigs because that's what I find is less common. I mean, it's still a thing now, 
But what stands out is Abner Crab was always regular. Yes. And even when you say after that, it was still like every Wednesday, yes. every Thursday. Very much so. Very much And so. that's what I think a lot of people in, not everywhere, but, but in a lot of places, even here and in the UK, there's maybe I'm wrong, seems to be less residency work. There's, there's an agent and they supply a different couple of acts and every so often. And I don't know. I, I don't know whether that's better because some people say, no, they want, people want the variability. And I'm thinking people can get variability anyway. I think for local stuff, people want, oh, I know if I go there, I'm going to get this person. I, I don't I, know. I, can, I, I don't can, know if that's I've true. I've been at Vinnie's for five years. It's busier now than it was at the start. Yeah. If I leave, that's the difficult bit. It'll probably die. Right. Do you think so? On a Sunday. I mean, I want to say yes, of course. I don't know. I, I actually and that, don't that's know. That's the thing. Do we know? Is, 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 but, but then if you, you never look know around, if it's the music. Over a long period, I almost would say definitely yes, it is. Yeah. I think I think people like coming back to a place and knowing I do too. that I... they're going to see this person and that they so almost and especially like even in places like Dubai but even in England if you if you know okay well I've got a friend with the entertainment there so I know oh and I know they play the song I like or I know I have a joke with them like I just think it makes you feel a bit like cheers where everybody knows your name or at least the entertainer does. there you've just said it and it creates community and that's they what like i like about the radio recognized people like it when you're it's when it's one of been one of my lucky qualities me personally which henry has tagged on to because in the old days henry i mean there's two things he can't do once it is take that it's he's he gets lost like you yeah. he's useless to drawing can't remember a face at all. I can't remember faces. Now I he's had, useless. I swear it's a gene. No, I'm and, bad. And he's useless. So he'd always think, Dave, who the hell is it? And I say, remember that gig? That guy? I'm brilliant at it. I, I can I can nearly always remember somebody's name. Well, and that That's huge. Is huge because so people go, he knows me. Yeah. And they just want to be recognized. That's all. But it's nice, it creates Do you know what happened last night? Yes. The guy sitting in the corner, and yeah. I do recognise him. I couldn't remember his name, but I know where I knew him from. And Foxes. Right. Oh, so, Bexy. I'm what Bexy's. Hard not to recognise him. <laughs> so that's interesting. Like, so do you think that was a lot of it? Is creating community? I well, how do you mean? What with Abbott and Crab? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of it was. I mean, we we, we were known and. People wanted to know us because they were because of the because of because of the drinking. I mean, the drinking thing. I'm afraid, you know. Let's 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 play it out front here. Um, people want to feel drink, better everybody. about drinking. They want yeah. So if you're drinking and you're drunk, they go, it's okay. Well, it's fun. It's having a friend to party with. And 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 and. The difficult thing is over the years, it's in, in those days. I mean, I've talked about it frequently lately. It was we were disgustingly drunk and would drive home. But the difference was you were the only car on the road. Yeah. And I mean the only car. I drive out here along along the concrete highway, not see one car. Yeah. But start, that I doesn't mean, make it right. No. But, 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 but it was why. Yeah. It, it's hard. You kind of can't judge. 
to hardly a different time. Even no, that's right. It, and now it's not going to happen. Um, no. But uh, yeah, so. But the, the, that, that whole thing. It's about, kind of difficult as well, because like as a musician, I think that's hard to navigate because for us, like, of course, we get into it and we want to drink with everyone at the gig. But when you work three to four nights a week or six, you're like, how do I navigate this by making this person feel like, yeah, you can drink. Let's all drink like you want to be part of it, but not also drink every night. The, di that's the, not the difficult thing is you've got a, a one group of people come in and say, and this, this happened. This actually happened with us. We, we felt the they would go, OK, uh, have a drink, send drinks. I mean, and they'd send drinks up and then, OK, end of the night done. Um, following night, different set of people. This lot can go home and get over it. This lot, they want to do it all. They want to start. Yeah, yeah. So you're just going, okay. I mean, in, it precisely. That in 91, um, I actually stopped drinking completely on stage. Completely. Really? That was that when I was born. I was standing on stage at Hunter's, one of the places we played, and they were lined up in front of me. And I was going, I don't want to drink those. And I thought, I was actually thinking this. I thought, I'm doing the very thing that I love doing and I'm hating every minute of it. Why? Right. So I said, well, there's, what can I change? Well, I can change the drinking for a start, which I did. Yeah. And I suddenly went, hang on, this is fun again. Right. Okay. Great. Of course, on my store, this was two children yes two small humans just trying to navigate having and, a and, family and yeah career. and so i stopped uh, i stopped drinking at all on stage and, and uh, th th another thing happened henry and i when when we when we discuss things hen can be drunk and talk suddenly he becomes focused can remember everything i get drunk and i argue and i talk the biggest load of shite you've ever heard in your life and that was another thing. No, I mean, I can't yeah. argue. Henry became the opposite. So what happened is we'd argue and I'd lose. Yeah. So I went, I can't do this. So I stopped drinking. And of course, then it changed because then I'm sober. Now I can now I can talk to him. Right. Now I can argue it through or not argue it through. Yeah. So now this began to. So that began to help. Um children and then we were by this time we you know we were doing gigs and every night and then we started to get um did the farm in famously where i got married that was in 88 um we've been doing that and of course the, the function started right so was that where like oven crabs start getting functional yeah you think it was between, from the reputation yeah well people started to say well what can we do you know and i remember some of them were one particularly big one I remember was Smith and Nephew, um, who we did in Mabatu at the Bhutaswana Conference Centre, which was basically playing at Sun City right. on a stage the size of Sun City with a sound system the size of Sun City. Yeah. Um, with that many people. Right. Um, it was just it was in Mabatu, not Sun City, um, with five six hundred people. And of course, we sounded like a billion dollars. On the sound system. Yeah, I mean, it was incredible. I mean, you, 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 you were sort of crying, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah. It was incredible. And we, we killed it. 
Yeah. We absolutely murdered it. And of course, then when every single um, uh, pharmaceutical company, because this was the big one with all the little companies, all wanted us. So right. we proceeded to do this one and that one. Then um, we started to get uh, round table gigs. Round tables would see us. And then they'd say, What's a round table gig? Round table is uh, the round tablers, which is people under 41, youngsters getting together, and they have a club and they do. They do it for charity and they do functions okay. or do functions or do uh, you've got them in england as well the right. lions the same lions um, is the same thing okay. and the road tier and never heard of them. haven't you okay yeah, go and get did it. you do a bunch of weddings as well That's not many weddings not many weddings we did some but not many i suppose comedy is not usually yeah i know sam's told me a story of um getting um, <laughs> someone's someone the I think it was the groom or the groom's father or something, ordering a Chaz and Dave tribute act, and the bride was not very impressed. <laughs> we and have done we have done weddings, and because people knew what we did and wanted that, very often second weddings, lots of those, yeah. eventually, you know. That might just be the age group thing. Of though. course it is. Of yeah. course it's the age group thing. Yes, but I mean. So we got into so we got into the. Um, um, to the uh, function thing and then it, it, it really around that period in the 90s we did some big numbers we did you yeah. know um you know uh, well, well, well. no i'm not i'm not i know I'm, I'm just thinking we, I mean, we were just rushing out. We were flying here, flying in and out. Yeah. Rushing in and around. Made mistakes too. Henry could be difficult. Henry was not great with. Um, was not great with. Um, uh, travel. Was travel and not great with the clients either. He was. Was know, that? But was that post kits? He couldn't just he play. No, he couldn't just play. If if there was a situation, he always wanted to do the comedy. And if there was a situation where it was required, just get in there, send the gear up, and make some bloody noise for goodness' sake. Right. Do you think that that became new once you knew what worked? That sometimes you get stuck in your ways, and you're like, no, yes. we know this works. So yeah, and, and, and that was a problem. Um, that that can I, I think that can sometimes be hard. Like when th there's a few people, like when people. And I just always think it's a balance. It's a balance between that kind of chaos and freedom and, and potential to make mistakes yeah. and that sense of like, I know this works, this is what we're going to do. But like, I think he was, as he you was got never more experienced, it got, he got less comfortable. Well, he, he couldn't. He must have improvised back in the day. Oh, yeah. But he couldn't do that. He didn't like that. He was, he wanted it. He, he, he liked things. But was that always? Always, yeah. Because if there Even was a situation. Yeah, not so much now. He's now learnt differently. But in there were that we had one or two bad ones that went wrong because of that. Because he wouldn't just play. He couldn't just play. Right. Just say, just fucking say. That. Sorry. But just go me. with what the client wants. Just, well, don't worry about that. Just make some noise. Yeah. Be here. Stop. You know, I'd say, look, just set up and play. And he would go, no, it's got to be. And I was going. I mean, I'm sure I did things that were. Equally, I mean, there well, were times I when I would play far too long, and he would go, "What's the point in playing on?" Or and he was right. 
or start playing before it was perfect. Or start playing. So, yes. so, yeah, so I, would I do that. So I, so I have this fight a lot with, with band members because I'm always – so I was always the person who would leave before I was ready. Like, for example, I will go out even if my hair's not done and my makeup's not finished or whatever. Yeah, what do you know? If the time is right, I think – in between sometimes being on time is more important so the same with the client so i'll have this argument with my guitar player like where he's like he's like they'll be fine with 10 minutes it doesn't matter and i'm thinking the sound difference we're going to get in this 10 minutes like isn't going to make that much a difference they're not going to to them maybe to us but not to them but they will be able to have ammunition to comment if we're 10 minutes late that's, a, that's so, the other side of the so, coin so this saying. is the thing so so what i'm saying is that, that sounds like the balance between you and Henry. Henry's saying, we're not starting until our sound is perfect. And you're going, well, they want us to start now, so let's just start and we'll get sound right later. Yeah. So that, that's what I've come from. That's about. interesting, that balance that you're talking about there, actually. That's a very, where you could say 10 minutes is going to make, because you've got a, a conference organiser who's doing this, couldn't give a shit about that. And on the other hand, you've got a conference organiser who's much more relaxed. And if you're upsetting people, is going to notice that. So the 10 minutes spent just getting a bit of sound right is better spent. Precisely. So, or a bride who's got to panic if you don't go on time. That's right. And will then scream that you were five minutes late or you've got a couple who you know are totally relaxed. They're fine. So you go, we'll take the 10 extra minutes. But if you've got someone... So for me, that's why I get frustrated when... Um, when like a guitarist will say, oh, it's always fine. I mean, God. But like, it's always fine and or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yes, it is always fine, but you've got to think of how you're affecting the client and what they're going to leave with that impression of. Because you don't want to be causing a bride or even this, organ- I mean, the organizers are never as much a problem, although you don't want to stress them out. But generally it's your client, the bride and groom in that case, or, you know, maybe in a corporate setting. It's so difficult. There's no it's, rules. It's a difficult, but it's a line. There it's ain't a line no- and it, variable it's a, it's a line that keeps moving and you, you know that was the trouble because back then henry wanted it there and and, and i mean I he now, he's now there's no problem when you run late there's times and i've i had to accept yeah, that he's there's no problem you run late and you of course you want better sound yeah and there's times when look we've just got to go on on time and we'll work it out yeah you know if it's not perfect it's not perfect we'll get there no that's right besides sound is never perfect at a wedding anyway sound is never perfect period yeah true story um, yeah, so, okay, so I think we're kind of approaching the end. I don't know, I wanted to get your opinion on, like, just being a working musician and what... Being a working musician, oh, there's there's very simple answers there. Um, I get very frustrated with musicians as I are, but it's not easy, you know, and I want to hit them. Get a life. Get out in the traffic one morning, watch people drive into work thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of them and they do it every day yeah and you've got to work for three or four hours a night and entertain those people and you're complaining get a life yeah look after those people they deserve it they give you all the half of them are probably building some of the stuff that you use yeah so they're making the booze they're doing the books for the for the for the for the club that, that you know that whatever it is they're doing the tax for the club that you're working in and and i do feel that whatever it is whatever department of music you're in 
if you're a working musician, be very thankful. Yeah. And for people who want to be a working musician, because you've, you've, like, as well, I we've got a lot of friends who are, you know, musicians and they, they manage and they, they started to have kids and stuff like that. And navigating having a family and, and music, music, did that ever make you want to go get a normal job? Did no you? way, no way. But I'm, I'm lucky. I enjoy what I do. I, and if you don't enjoy it, it's no point. I mean, it all comes down to enjoyment. I mean, the th I, I got into a serious state panic in about 91 around the same time as the stopping drinking it, it was a whole thing there I, would, I went through a very bad period um of people because people started saying well what are you gonna what are you gonna do after this what are you gonna do when you retire and i went stupidly i mean if i look back it's brainless i went they're gonna take my guitar away from me what am i gonna do oh right you know and i genuinely <laughs> thought that yeah they're gonna put me out the pasture I mean, now watching the Rolling Stones, you go, don't be stupid. Yeah. But at the time, so. Stop taking heroin at 50. Yeah. <laughs> then you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so. so. So if you have, I mean, I'm lucky that I enjoy doing it. But you've also sound like you've been able to interpret, like, what were the reasons why you didn't enjoy it? Yeah, um, yeah. I, 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 there were times, I mean when it, I became incredibly frustrated. I mean, I needed to go out and do a lot on my own. I, I realise that now. You know, doing Abbott and Crab, working with people, incredibly difficult. Yeah. Incredible. And could kill you. And well, I, the thing is, I, so so I agree with you and disagree. So I think the solo stuff is awesome, but, like, I just think it's a balance because also Double Dave and Bones, which was the band you did when I was, what, 13, I don't know, um, that was a great band and whilst it was difficult and there were issues and it, you know sadly ended not in the best way it it still was amazing yeah and, and there are and i might do it i again. think collaboration is incredible i might valuable. do it again yeah. i do yeah no i agree with you there i i mean i must confirm well i mean i've collaborated i'm collaborating now with Lloyd. yeah and i might do things with Lloyd and uh, and I, there's another possibility that I'm so yeah i mean uh, let's let's just do a quick like wrap up of what you're up to at the moment work wise and like recording wise and studio wise and what you want to be doing I, and like what's over the next year okay i i look at myself as having three jobs abbott and crab and dave abbott by himself and the studio which is where we're sitting and recording this individually none of them could actually support me Although Dave Abbott probably could, and, and, and at times Abbott Crab can. But between them, it works fine. It all works fine. And I have fun doing the variable thing. And I know I have a couple other people I work with. Um, Loy, uh, Loy Gura. Uh, we've got a couple of songs on iTunes, which is great. Um, Where can people find that? On iTunes. Under, one, under Loiso Gura. Featuring Dave Abbott and another one under Glad. That's uh, uh, the Loy Gura one is High Priestess. That's uh, L O Y I S O. G U R A. Um, the one with uh, it's uh, Wonder Why the Right Time Never Comes. That's Glad, G L A D. Uh, but with it's it's mixed up with another band who are called Glad. So we've had to change it, but we didn't know that till we till he put it up. Oh really? But uh, anyway, but it's fine. Right. Just go under Loy. Just really sit under Loy. What's a great name? No, we're going to go to Gladza. Gladza? Yeah. Why? G-L-A-D. 
Jedi, South Africa. And what's the GLAD for? GL, Lloyd Gura. AD, uh, Abbott Dave. Abbott Dave, yeah. Okay, glad so. Interesting. Okay, so people can find it there. Yeah. And then what else do you do in the studio? Because like you well, do I a lot of um, random I, things. I've got. Can... I mean, I've got. I've got clients at the moment. I'm doing. I've you got record a, a Carl Jung podcast. Yes, I haven't done Jung? that one for a while. Thing? Carl, the, 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 the Jung Academy. They do uh, podcasts for, uh, um, you know, voice. Uh, sort of life coaching, you know, that sort of thing. Um, applied Jung, they're called, um, which is great because I get I get a free lesson. Yeah. Not that I need it, but it's oh, amazing how many zen. people are looking for the looking for the answer. Yeah. We're just trying to cope with social media. Yeah. Well, so put it on social media, which it is. So that, and then I, I I've got a guy called Philip Kutzier does flight communications who who does. Uh, radio broadcasts for um, for mines, but they're they're recorded radio, so they put them over and they're about safety and that kind of thing. <clears throat> Got a couple of professionals who asked me to do their editing, Tonya Kinnaman, who asked me to do her editing. Oh yeah, because you make midis and backing tracks and, and backing tracks like and that. that sort of stuff. And I've just done a thing called Sound of Torah, who came back, a Jewish the Jewish ladies theatre. Yeah, really. They just came back after five years in the wilderness. Um, uh, yeah, and th th there's always people. It's random. From and you, random... Do, you do kids a lot as well. Yeah, yeah, I do yeah, kids. Really. And uh, and I do kids a lot. And then they, they, they're kind of. I've got a couple of voice teachers who come in and ask me to do their students. I do a reduced rate for them. Um, kids, schools, schools. Yeah, basically. So, okay, so just for anyone who wants to, you can get in touch. Just DA Studio, check it out. It's in four studio. The Studio. The Studio. That's DA Studio. It's, it's one word. So it's The Studio, like the. Like The Studio. The Studio. Like really cool, man. Don't touch me on my studio. Um, that was the thing. Anyway, so uh, thanks, Dad. That's that's Dad's life story with Abbott and Crab. And it still didn't touch sides, actually, but anyway. Yeah. Um, we'll hopefully do a more opinion-based one at some stage where you can talk music philosophy more and stuff like that. Even the story, I mean, there's a, the, the, I feel like we glossed over the last well, 25 years in about a minute. Yeah, we'll have to. And there's a whole bunch there. We'll have to do another three hours. Yeah, I could probably fill stage. it through quite easily. Yeah. You'd probably just, just, have, sleep. just have a Dave Abbott podcast. Well, anyway, I, I hope hopefully some old Foxy's listeners and people who used to watch Heaven Crab. Uh, but you can still catch that. He's got also a Facebook page, which I'm trying to teach him how to use properly. Um, so, yeah. Old dogs, new tricks. Yeah, something like that. So you can catch him still performing in and around Joburg and Pretoria. That's in the East Rand as well. Every Sunday at Vinny's, he's definitely there. And you're currently every Thursday. Which are tipplers? Tipplers? Which yeah. are you at tipplers? Friday. Um, well, no, it, it varies. Depends oh. if I'm available at the moment. Um, because I'm doing so many, it's you know, it's that time of year. So but he's doing tipplers. Tipplers is great. Vinny's on a Sunday is the is the, is the, is the regular one. Regular. Anyway, thank you, Dad. Thank it was you. Very good. I've got to go fly to the UK. You can't. Fly to you can't they can't see you because I, I definitely know. didn't get the video to work. But let's live and bye and thanks for listening. I ah. hope you guys enjoyed it. Send suggestions and stuff. And I'm going to be, I think, getting Steve Brook on. 
if anyone has listened, um, Seabrook's a killer, killer guitarist from the great music scene. Still Standing is a podcast of hope. My name is Allie Patterson, and I am your host. On this podcast, you're going to hear stories from people who have encountered a living God and found help and hope in their real life. No matter what your life is like right now or what you think of God, I hope you hear stories like yours, and I hope you walk away thinking there's hope for me too. Everyone on this podcast would gladly say it's because of Jesus that I am still standing. Come find out why.